$200. A Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're listening to the SNES broadcast with your hosts, Soul Blazer and George. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Super NES Podcast, episode number one eighteen, coming at you this time. As usual, I'm Greg, joined by my uh, joined by George. Uh, pew pew. I'm shooting my <laughs> my gun arm thing. <laughs> uh, wait, am I Mega Man? I'm Mega Man! That's what it is. Yeah, we're playing Mega Man. No, I know you hate Mega Man, so we're just, like, I wouldn't like uh, I wouldn't like force that like force that on you. At least not quite yet. This comes did I ever it. tell you I hated Mega Man? I yes, just yes, don't you like did. playing it. I just <laughs> okay. Uh, like about four times. You All did. Alright, we'll go with that. <laughs> but But anyway, uh we also we also honored to our tonight to have be joined by a uh, third person, a special guest host. Uh, can you, can you please, can you please, like, say hi to everybody, uh, uh, sir? The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. That's, 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 that's pretty good. Oh, the invitation. <laughs> that was pretty good, yes, but, he, yes. but he asked you to say hi, and I didn't hear oh, hi. hi. There you go. Sorry. There you go. I was just, uh, you were in it the was moment. either that or the opening monologue from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Hi, I'm Chris Randazzo from the Stone Age Gamer Podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, uh, uh, long-time listeners may remember that Chris joined us for that special uh, draft episode we did during our 100th anniversary. Um, 100th anniversary. Yeah, I'd be okay. <laughs> well, 100, 100 older years? Than I thought. Or 100, uh, we've been doing this for 100 years? Is that what it is? Uh, this is a weekday recording this, folks. I retired. So. It feels <laughs> like 100 years. Some, some, sometimes it does, yes. But. <laughs> what Those first bunch of episodes, you know, before the Super Nintendo existed were really tough, but uh, you guys made it happen, and I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I remember uh-huh. that episode where we talked about the sticks and stones. It was just a, <laughs> it was just a bloody mess. Uh, well, well, you know, like, Chris's podcast was kind of appropriate for that, too, like Stone Age. Like, so, you know, that, you know, that yeah. works. Oh, yep. I see yeah, where that. you're going. Yeah, I good. See. Yeah, well, well done. That's it. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to get any better than that. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, so I wanted to have Chris back in the podcast. And so I was thinking about, you know, I also wanted to coincide it with being, with talking about a heavy hitter because we haven't talked to, uh, because we haven't talked about a really popular big big game for a while uh, on the podcast so um i remember chris being a big metroid fan um so like super metroid would seem to be a very appropriate appropriate game to cover to, to cover to kill two birds just like on stone so uh it's a great pleasure to have you on here chris uh it's a great pleasure to be here thank you so um for people who, um uh so i would highly recommend also that they uh um uh chris and his co-host uh dan uh we talked about this before the uh Play with the podcast three years ago now, 2016. Uh, they did a two episode retrospective on the uh, history of the history of the Metroid series, which I highly recommend checking out if you want to hear more nuts and bolts about the actual history no, of the franchise. No, that's Banjo Kazooie. And, and <laughs> <laughs> nuts and bolts, Banjo Kazooie, nuts and nuts and bolts was an Xbox 360 game, Greg. No, oh, okay, all right, wrong podcast. Uh, 
Never played. You no, know, I thought we weren't going to top that other one. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I'm really good uh, at topping everything. Ah, uh, yes, definitely. So, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I remember that Chris is like a huge Metroid fan. Um, uh, Chris, just for the benefit of our listeners here, can you just tell us real quick here uh, how you get um, your first your first exposure to Metroid, how you get to be such a big fan of the franchise? Uh, uh, the franchise? Well, my first exposure to Metroid was back in the NES days. Um, honestly, the, my very first exposure to Metroid was um, was probably on the uh, "Now You're Playing with Power" poster uh, uh, yes, that came yep. with my NES. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, kind of I was very brand loyal, like right right from the get go. Uh, I was like, I want all of the Nintendo games, uh, and I remember seeing that screenshot for Metroid and thinking, Metroid is a really cool word. But uh, honestly, the one the thing that really pulled me into uh, wanting, like, really needing to have Metroid, was the uh, 1990 Nintendo Power Game Calendar. Mm, um, I remember that. These calendars are so so wild, and what's awesome about them right now is that they're currently relevant. Uh, the the dates match up with oh! current dates. <laughs> Wait, really? So I'm on nine. Wow. Yeah, I'm on 19, 1991 right now, and it's a uh, it's it all matches up, which is pretty great. Wow. <laughs> uh, they're hanging up in my office. <laughs> I, but um, they are. Uh, if you've never seen them before, you got to look them up online. They're just these really gorgeous, bizarre um, uh, pixel art renditions of Nintendo games. And like sometimes they use official art, and sometimes they just go with these really wild uh, 3D images that at that time were kind of what 3D images looked like with with polygons and whatnot. And um, the one of the months was the original Metroid, and it has this giant. CG Samus that looks ridiculous now, but it still looks kind of cool. And she's like shooting a bunch of rings, like Sonya Blade's uh, Mortal Kombat One, like pink ring thing that she could shoot. Yeah, that's not something that happens in Metroid, but it doesn't matter. Uh, her gun is like a gun that's like strapped to her arm instead of an arm cannon. Like, oh, it's, it's totally a Mega off-brand. Man scenario where it's just some weird old <laughs> yes. man holding a gun. Yes, uh, it just looks like a spacesuit that's yellow and orange and whatnot. It's it is just a ridiculously awesome image, and that was one of the things that really pulled me into really wanting to play this. It was that and Kid Icarus probably left the biggest uh, mm. impacts on me in that calendar. And um, later learning that those two games have you know so much all those links between them with the way that they were created and the fact that the Komodos are Metroids in Kid Icarus, that right. kind of stuff is, yeah. is pretty rad. But um. Uh, so it was a while before I actually got my hands on a copy of Metroid. Um, uh, and when I finally did, I remember telling my parents, like, we went to Microplay Games in Summers Point, and I got myself a copy of Metroid, and I said, okay, this is a game I need to spend all day on. So I'm just going to be in my room playing Metroid all day. And uh, they <laughs> just just leave me alone and let me know when dinner happens. And <laughs> they did. I just played Metroid all day long. And I died about a billion times, but it didn't matter. I, you know, had my graph paper. I was drawing out the maps and everything, and that was the it was the coolest experience. Um, after that, uh, Metroid Two: Return of Samus was released on Game Boy, and right. I was like once again completely enthralled. I uh, I, I loved had it on my little Game Boy, and I loved the heck out of it. I loved that you could shoot up, you know, uh, shoot down now when mm-hmm. you're in, this, in yeah. the in the air. You could duck and then go in the morph ball, the spider ball. The whole story with like eradicating the Metroids and then the whole baby Metroid at the end. Yep. 
you know, you, you fight the Queen Metroid and the baby hatches and like starts running around. I'm like, oh God, it's going to kill me. Oh, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I think it, I think it thinks I'm its mommy. <laughs> this is so cool. And you know, it helps you out and, and, and you get out and that's the end of the game and that's all great and well and good. And uh, then, then, you know, a little time goes on and the Super Nintendo happens. And uh, I've talked about this on a, on many occasions how the Super Nintendo is my favorite system for a multitude of reasons but one of the coolest things that was so unique to that era was seeing um, established franchises evolve mm. yes. in 16 bits yeah exactly you know? yep. I could not wait to see what they did with Metroid and I will never forget my first view of Super Metroid was on a cover of Game Fan Magazine and it was a screenshot of Samus standing next to the big statue with all the bosses on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it said, Super Metroid, how does Nintendo make games this good? And I was just like, 16-bit <gasps> Metroid, I have to have it. And we'll go into all the details on that as we start talking about the game. But needless to say, I was beyond floored because it did so many things right, especially right at the beginning as a longtime Metroid fan. You know, after mm, having no. beaten Mother Brain, having escaped, having saved the baby Metroid, and then seeing that intro, all those bits from the previous games redone in 16-bit and just like we are paying 100% attention to the things that happened in the previous games, which <laughs> wasn't necessarily something that always happened, you know? Yep, exactly. That level of continuity, like, you Look at Kid Icarus Uprising for for crying out loud! It was twenty some odd years between the you know the last Kid Icarus game, and it just completely skips over pretty much everything that happened in Abyss and Monsters. <laughs> like these kinds of things happen, they just kind of ignore sequels or continuity. And this one did not. This was a hundred percent. These two games happened, and this is happening next. Right, mm -hmm. and that was just uh, it was unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh... So you, like, you were the ones who went out there and plunked down X, uh, uh, X amount of money to buy this game like when it was new, huh? I, um, well, I, I probably could have gotten it new. And I eventually did buy my own copy of it new when they re-released it at the, uh, the NES Classic series. Oh, okay, um, all right. The, the four games, Punch-Out, uh, Metroid, Zelda 1, and Zelda 2. Uh, just because I liked the box art so darn much. It was just <laughs> a big yellow. It was just a repurposing of the Metroid 2 uh, image of Samus. In that, you know, striking that classic pose, but it was like yellow with a blue triangle behind it. it was cool. But no, I got a used copy at uh, Microplay Games because, okay. you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. And I got my I got my NES a little late. I didn't get mine until the uh, Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt World Class Track Meet Power Pad mm. set. Uh, I had played games at you know, friends' houses, but I was, you know, I was an Atari kid. And, right. uh, you know, my parents couldn't afford to buy me an NES straight away. And I was still so happy with my Atari. It didn't really matter. Until, you know, my neighbors were having, you know, playing Nintendo games. And I was like, okay, I just have to have this. <laughs> I just need it. Uh, I actually was asking you about, um, um, I actually was trying to ask you about Super Metroid. <laughs> uh, oh, God, Super Metroid in particular. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I bought that one the, the day it was released. Oh, wow. And, um, okay. Wow. Yeah, no, I bought that day one at, um, oh, I'm going to say. I must have gotten that at Toys R Us. It was a game that I had. It was mm. I didn't buy it with my own money. My parents had bought it for me. Ah. I knew it was coming out. I knew it was coming out, and I said I need to have this game. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. no, I bought it at Electronics Boutique. That's what it was. It was EBX because um, <clears throat> they got the game in a little bit early, and I asked the guy behind the counter if I could see what the game looked like, and uh, he cracked open a copy and put it in the interactive that he was already playing before. 
and I got to I got to just see the very beginning with the rain, mm, and I was like, cool. the day this is available, I am buying it. My parents <laughs> brought me back there to to uh, to get it, and we bought it, and I took it home, and I mm. played it for days. Right. I still have it, and I love it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. One of the things that could be interesting, be interesting, be interesting. In this podcast, like all three of us, uh, all three of us are coming at this game from very different, uh, very different angles, like very, uh, very different like two perspectives. Because, uh, because as far as I'm concerned, you know, I like Metroid uh, um, as a franchise. I, I played the first game and enjoyed it, and played the Game Boy one. But I just not, I just not didn't have an interest, have an interest in buying this back when it was new. I played it at a friend's house. So I knew the game was out there, but I just didn't spend. I was like, yeah, it's like you know, I like the game, but I'm not really uh, uh, well the franchise, but, but, but I'm not, but I'm not really like, you know, like money's tight. You, you know, you really don't have, you know, I, you know, I'd rather have my money plunked down on games like Super Castlevania Four and Zelda Three and like the Final Fantasy Two and that kind of stuff. So um, I did not actually play this game and beat it until emulation, which me was when I was in grad school in the late '90s. Uh, because by that point, Super NES emulation had gotten good enough to the point where it could run a very challenge, a very a very uh, technical game like this. Because we'll talk about this here in a little bit. This game is certainly this game certainly pushes its system like its limits uh, to be able to handle a game like this. So, so that yeah, so yeah, that was really my first time playing it. And you know, I had a blast playing it when I actually did spend the time to, to sit down with it and play it. But it, it, just my experience was several years after the fact. So. Um, and uh, and George here, uh, this was his first time playing the game, actually. Yay! So, uh, uh, so it's gonna be very interesting to hear what you thought about this game, George. Being like, uh, as being like somebody who knew 2019, who actually, who actually, who actually spent, who actually is not spending time with this. So yeah. So a little bit of history, like uh, uh, like about Metroid. Like I said, you know, I'm not gonna go into this too much because, like I said, like uh, Chris and Dan's uh, er, earlier 30th. Thirtieth uh, retrospective of Metroid really does a great job talking about this. Um, the... uh, just to kind of pipe in real quick that you're you're mentioning that another really great. It's totally outdated by now, but another very enjoyable Metroid retrospective was um, uh, the original game trailer site. Oh, it's, uh, a right, great okay, yep, video yep, yep. Uh, Metroid retrospective. I think it was before Prime Three came out. Still okay, all right. <clears throat> yeah, the, okay. Uh, there's a lot. You can still find those up on YouTube. Um, there's, a, I think there's a, a a page that backed up most of that stuff. It's really low quality, like you know, because that. Well, I'm sure back then it was, was really then, low quality as well. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but it's uh it, the the actual content is is very well done, and right. I, I watched that like a billion times. It's very cool. Well, you would know better than I do, uh, Chris. But if I remember correctly, the only game. Uh, since you guys came out with that retrospective 2016, the only game that's came out that's come on the franchise since then is Sam's Returns, um, which, uh, um, which like, which like, um, which like, which like, which like, you know, uh, let's talk about that game for a second. Like, what do you think? Uh, so what do you think that, uh, like, since that game was not available during the time when you guys did that recording, so what do you think of that game? Samus Returns, I, I, um, I genuinely liked that game quite a lot. Yeah. Um, it did mess with the formula a little bit with the, uh, the melee attacks. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. But it returned the, the series to form in a way that, uh, the previous two games really didn't, uh, what being Other M and, um, Federation Force. Right. Uh, you know, Federation Force is more of an offshoot. Uh, yeah. Other M, Other M I don't believe is nearly as bad a game as most people consider it. Um, but it, it's uh, it is broken in some very very serious ways, particularly in the narrative department. Mm. Um, and it, you know it doesn't have the same level of exploration that yeah. you you come to expect from a Metroid game. 
Um, so it did, you know, you know, mess around with some pretty interesting ideas, but it was ultimately not great. Samus Returns, um, coming to us from Mercury Steam, uh, having worked on the modern Lords of Shadow Castlevania games, I thought was a really interesting choice. Uh, it, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. There was just like it met at E3, like, oh, hey, guess what? <laughs> We've got a Metroid game. Um, and it's a remake of Metroid 2. Yes, and yeah. it had... It had some pretty hefty shoes to fill because I had just played AM2R. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. AM2R is spectacular. Yeah. Um, like that game is just out of this world. So uh, I really liked a lot of the things that they did with this game. Even you know, from a narrative perspective, from uh, you know, they they kept Samus strong. Uh, they didn't let her you know monologue for a whole <laughs> crazy periods of time. There wasn't any ridiculous like. Well, this guy said I can't use my various suit, so I guess I'm just going to literally burn to death. Uh, God, there was so much stupid in that game. Um, but uh, no, it was uh, it, it was nice to play Metroid 2 with a proper map system. Mm. Um, I thought the visuals were really nice. Uh, I just really wished that it was on the Switch instead of the 3DS, because while the 3D effect was very nice and all, uh, I just wanted to play this game on my television, because... The art direction's really cool. Like the caverns all have like really interesting backgrounds and yeah, uh, it was just just a darn good game. Um, and I was very very pleased with it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Federation Force was out by the time we did uh, episode one hundred and eleven of a three part <laughs> Metroid retrospective. Oh, three parts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. hit uh, yeah. Zero Mission, Pinball, Other M, and Federation Force. Right. That. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, the, um, that's the only one we hadn't really hit yet, and that's my feelings on it. I loved it. I yeah. hope it gets an HD remaster on Switch, because the minute it does, I will play <laughs> that again. I will love to play that on my TV. Yep, definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree with most of that. I thought it was like a very good remake. Um, um, and you probably heard the news recently that they decided to totally scrap, uh, uh, scrap Metro, uh, a Metro Prime, Metro, uh, Metro, uh, Metro Prime 4 and stuff start over again so yeah uh, and and with retro studios no less which is an interesting yeah yeah an interesting situation there because retro is a very different company now than they right. were when they made exactly. Metro prime. So, but... and prime took the series in some very interesting directions um you know like a, a by prime three i it's just to go on a sl small tangent another one of my all-time favorite uh game series is blaster master and uh, Blaster Master Zero was a really, really awesome remake of the first Blaster Master. And Zero Two uh, kind of went off in its own direction as an evolution of the of the, the basics of that franchise. And it actually has a whole lot in common with Metroid Prime Three, wherein mm. uh, instead of one one giant interconnected world, you go to many different planets. Um, and that was a really cool take, but at the same time, you kind of lost a little bit of just that that here's this one giant planet you're exploring uh, kind of a thing and seeing all the weird facets of this one giant environment uh, to split it up into several smaller environments. So seeing, I, I have absolutely no clue what Prime 4 is going to be uh, <laughs> and I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see it, but I mean, I, I have no idea what to expect out of this game, especially now. Yeah, now, I would love to see what was what what they got rid of. I'd oh. love to see what wasn't working. You know. Yeah, exactly. Because like you know, it's not a very light decision for a light decision for a company to go ahead and just a scrap project halfway through because there's so much money. There's <laughs> just like so much money and time just invested in already yeah. just to throw it and just to and just to throw it all out, start over again. It's like 
How much of a train wreck was that project? <laughs> yeah, it must have been. It must have been pretty pretty troubled. Uh, uh, I have a lot of faith in Retro because even though they're not the same company that did the Prime, the original Metroid Prime, which is a masterpiece as far as I'm concerned, uh, they did Tropical Freeze, mm. and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is beyond magnificent. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know. I have I have very high hopes. I'm very curious what it's going to be like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very <laughs> excited, but I can't make myself too excited because who the heck knows when it's going to come out. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah. So on that note, it's like this is very, um, you know, it's very po uh, happy and positive that there are some that there are some Metroid games still being worked on because Metroid Me Metroid is definitely a weird series, a series, a series, a series like which like which a game comes out and like six, seven, eight years passes with it nothing, and then another game comes out and it uh, comes out and it comes out and it's like five years and then like two games come out at once and they're like. So it's a very mm -hmm. so it's a very like interesting franchise like how like like how like parcel out the games but yeah um, that that giant gap between Super Metroid and Prime slash Fusion oh was yeah gut wrenching yeah especially yeah. when you'd, you'd hear rumors of like oh Metroid <laughs> 64 it's gonna happen and in hindsight I'm I'm thrilled that it did <laughs> because I don't love that era of gaming too much and that probably would have been super ugly but uh um yeah man that that was brutal uh. Well, one of the I hate when franchises go on for hiatus like that. Well, one of the main, well, one of the main Nintendo people said that to, one of the, uh, one of the big reasons that they didn't do Metro sixty four was because that they had problems with the controller. They're like, you know, how do we get Samus to work like, but but like, like, um, like to work like this controller? Oh, but, they have mm -hmm. problems with the controller, huh? <laughs> Weird. It's like it's like it was poorly designed or something. <laughs> it's like it worked on Mario 64 and pretty much nothing else. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly. Funny story. Uh, not too long ago, my son wanted to play through all the Mario Kart games. Oh, he was boy. Just like, I want to play every Mario Kart game. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> he just started playing all the Mario Kart games. And when I pulled out the N64 and gave him the controller, he looked at me and said, I don't get it. <laughs> well, just, my son is five, my dear. I think that's the same He's... response I had when I first looked at an N64 controller. <laughs> And he's been around plenty of controllers, but it took him some time to wrap his mm. his brain around functioning with the N64 controller. Yeah, that's uh, a weird one. It's not my it's not my most hated controller, but it's pretty far up there. So, but uh, yeah, I, same same. I here. mean, my hands are big enough to actually like hold the whole controller, so mm. I'm fine. Yeah, that that helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Well, this game here, Super Metroid, uh, you know, as we talked about, you know, there was a pretty big gap between like uh, between Metroid Two, which came up with the Game Boy in 1991, and then, like Chris just mentioned, there was like an eight-year gap, I think, between this game and Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime. But uh, this came out pretty, 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 pretty uh, universally in 1994. The, the the time gap was not that bad. It came out first in Japan on March 19th. Then North America saw it April 18th, and, and like then Powerland uh, got it on July 28th. So, uh, not that bad as far as the actual uh, release schedule. Um, developed, of course, by R&D One, uh, which was the original the original division which uh, of Nintendo, which created Metroid and, and and most Metroid games up to Metroid Zero Mission. That was the last game before they got disbanded. So, um, but. Uh, yeah, and a uh, it's a uh, essentially Metroid on drugs. <laughs> uh, um, I guess like one way to describe it. it's an interesting take. We, on know, it. Yeah. Can, so. can we uh, can we get another one of those? I think that <laughs> one's like overused. How many times have you said it's X on drugs? I feel like you've Not said that very, a lot. I haven't actually. 
Maybe, maybe I'm so. thinking of the other podcasts we do then. <laughs> um, I would say that it's. I mean, all right, drugs count, but specifically <laughs> drugs. Drugs count. Yeah, drugs definitely count. I would say specifically steroids because this is. I mean, it's funny because you think of the naming conventions of Super Nintendo games, and it's always right. like Super this and Super that, right? But this really is a Super Metroid. Like it's it's not just about it being Metroid right. and also Super because it's on the Super Nintendo and it's bigger and badder and all that other stuff, but it actually is about a, a Super Metroid. Exactly. Uh, by the yeah. end of the game, which is a very interesting take on it. Right. Yeah, the game itself took about two and a half years between like, you know, design, uh, uh, between the original original design up to the actual like release of the game as far as the development cycle went. Uh, with, with, uh, 15 people that are working on it. Um, so, uh, and uh, and um and at the time it came out, uh um uh it was at 24 megabits. This was the biggest Super NES cart that had been released up to that point. Um, so you know definitely. Like a- it was also the first Super Nintendo game to feature the only four Nintendo up in the upper right hand corner. It was also the only one that didn't have it with the yellow strip. It was a little green slimy thing that said only four. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm looking at the picture of it like well, right then. now. You're right. Huh. Somebody did the research. <laughs> no, I just know this. <laughs> I'm I mean, you had to do the research beforehand at some point. Does living it count as research? <laughs> uh, yes, sure. See, this is why I wanted... I'll take that I will take the copy. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly why Yeah, yeah, this is this this is that this is exactly why I wanted Chris on the podcast because he's an expert like uh, um you know like um uh like the kind of things. So he get the you know like he'll get the both of us honest. So <laughs> I'll do my very best. If anyone ever wants to fact check this, uh, Metroid Database, um, MDB.com. Yeah, that's, good that's what it is. Yep. You're just that's, cheating. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. <laughs> um, I spent lots of time on that website. I haven't been in a while. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> um, well, the story of this game, uh, Chris already mentioned uh, uh, like quite a bit about it. Uh, because like Chris said, this game does do a wonderful job of tying in the first two Metroid games. Uh, with the opening of this game, and and, and like he's and he's right, they didn't need to do that, um, but they show you like, you know, um, uh, 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 but the game opens with Samus just recapping the events of Metroid and Metroid Two, um, so up to the point where after like when she got that baby Metroid, it's like the um, uh, uh, like a Metroid Two, so she's like, well, I don't know what to do this thing, um, but she knew. <laughs> But she knew, but uh, so she decided to turn it over to a bunch of scientists. So maybe a little bit cold-hearted, but then it can. But then you also argue that you're trying to look out for humanity's best interest because um, a Metroid is an incredible source of generating energy uh, because of how it generates, um, you know, like uh, saps energy from living creatures and, and uses and uses it to, like an internal, almost like internal battery, just to like store and generate energy. So uh, the scientist on the, the scientist on the station, uh, a zero station. Did some test on it and realized that yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, this thing's this thing even though it's a baby is phenomenal amount of energy. So the testing was very good, and the scientists were kind of optimistic that you know that they could actually find some way to be able to reproduce this technology like the good of mankind. So Sam was thinking it was in good hands. Uh, got in her ship to go off to find her next uh, uh, to find her next mission. She hardly gets anywhere though when the stress call comes in, and you have to go back to the station to find uh, find like under attack. Um, and, and oh my god, that whole bit where you're playing this, this whole intro. So you get this, the ship does the crazy mode seven thing where it goes and it flies into the space station and it's all like Sarah station. It looks like a movie and you go in there and it's just got this, 
this ambient noise going on in the background this like very like like computers running in the background <laughs> yep and everything is dead silent yeah you're, you're walking through you hear samus's footsteps as you walk which I, i'll never forget just the sound of that it was that was as impressive to me as the rain in a link to the past you mm -hmm. know when you yep, yep, walk outside yep. for the first time like oh my god raindrops are hitting this is crazy <laughs> and you're yeah. walking through and you eventually get to the title screen <laughs> where yeah. you're you're there and the, you know when the game starts and it's pushing in on the little baby metroid in captivity but you get there and that thing is broken and there's bodies on the floor and you're like oh oh boy yep <laughs> and, i mean i don't i don't mean to hijack this it's just i i i don't i can't not i can't gloss over this <laughs> walking into that room now i this is the kind of nerd that i was all right i didn't mess with the instruction manual before <clears throat> playing playing the game uh, i saw the cover of the i saw the cover of the box and i saw a red dragon and i was just like wow is that like related to ridley because ridley was purple so that's clearly not him <laughs> and he's dead little did i know you go into that room there's the metroid sitting there and you just mashing on the buttons you can't do anything with it and it's like making those cute little metroid noises like okay the door's locked behind me what the heck do i do what is that yellow light oh my god it's ridley <laughs> and then this giant amazing rendition of ridley shows up and starts barfing fireballs at you and flying around the room and it's just like it was like that that you know fighting vile in Mega Man X. You don't know that you can't win this fight. But you, so you're just like mashing every button to try to beat him to the best of your ability. And then he mode sevens right at the screen with the Metroid in tow. And then it's just like, now the base is gonna blow up, you best run. And I'm like, I've been playing this game for 45 seconds and I'm already running away. This is insanity. But that whole sequence is so beyond bananas because you're running, it's like, okay, I got this. This is the intro of the game. It can't be that hard. And then, you know, the tiles start falling down from the ceiling. Like, okay, all right, this is actually falling apart. And then you get into that part where the the, the whole thing starts mm -hmm. and it's the yep. big vertical column and the entire screen just goes off to the side. <laughs> yep. And you're just like, this is amazing. And I'm going to die, but this is amazing. <laughs> and then you get on the elevator and things blow up and you go to Planet Zebes from the original game and I'll send it back to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The opening, the opening intro of this game is certainly, is, is, is certainly one of the best ones in video game history, I think, bar none, because of that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, and it starts off, and so the game keeps, and the game keeps keeps playing at a high note. I mean, very few games are actually able to keep following up a ten with a ten with a ten. But uh, even when you land, like I mentioned, like I mentioned before, uh, Chris, uh, you just got that rain. Um, Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the rain going down there and then you realize when as you go on the ground and you realize this this passageway looks awfully familiar. It's like, "Oh my god, this thing's getting past Metroid." Uh, yeah, so. you wind up going down the tunnel. <laughs> like first off, in the rain, you're walking and now your footsteps have little rain splashes behind them. Like, "Oh, <laughs> oh game you're you're really you're really tugging at the heartstrings. This is incredible." <laughs> yeah. But you go into that that tunnel and as soon I remember, you know, shooting through the doors to land down. Right. And as soon as I got in that room, and it's filled with smoke, and it's the ending to Metroid, the escape tunnel, except it's all in ruins now because yep. you set off that bomb. Right. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me with this. <laughs> and he landed the bottom. Bottom. You go in the next room, and there is essentially Mother Brain's husk yep. sitting there, like, oh my god, this is crazy. And it's all super quiet and everything. E and all completely in ruins then you go into that next room and all of a sudden the lights are on it's playing the uh, the silence music from the original metroid right 
and there's a functioning elevator and everything is clean. It's no longer in ruins. It's like, oh, it's some, oh, someone's here. This, this somebody is here. This is freaky. And it's all like dead silent except for this really cool ambient string stuff. Yeah. You go down the elevator and then you go to the exact screen from the beginning of the original Metro, mm -hmm. Brinstar. Yep. Yep. And you're just like, holy <laughs> crap, this is, looks so awesome. Well, yeah. the first thing I'm going to do is head to the left and get the Morph Ball. Yep. Because I've played Metroid before. <laughs> so you do that, and you get the Morph Ball, and everybody's happy, and then this eye shows up on the wall and just, like, shines a light on you. You're like, crap, gotta get out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> roll into the ball and roll away, and like, what the heck was that? And I remember the first time playing it, just I kept going back and, like, shooting at the thing, and then it'd look <laughs> at me, and I'd run away and be like... Well, somebody must know I'm here. No. Yeah, Back to you, Greg. Yeah, yeah, and it still have a screen after that. Um, I have a screen after that. Like when you first enemy, like it shows up because because uh, I think you actually get the missiles first before I uh, missiles first before I like like with the space pirates first. Like, uh, like first make their appearance. Yeah, you go get a you go get right. a missile tank yep. so you can open up a red door and then you hit kind of a dead end. Yeah, and then you you it's like oh well I hit a dead end so I guess I'll go back and you go up the elevator. And now it's like, yeah. Now the now the yeah. lights are really on, and you're like, okay. Yep. Open up the door, and then that music kicks in with right. the the choir in the background, and everything. right, yeah, yep. just yep. crawling with space pirates. Yeah. And it's uh, after a few seconds, you realize that these guys are complete pushovers. And all you have to do <laughs> is just shoot them once, and they explode. But that first initial image, just the of all the movement of all those space pirates crawling all over the ruins of this. This epic battle that you had in the original game several years ago, uh, that's still in ruins, but now the lights are on. There's electricity, and now the place is just crawling with bad guys. Hmm. Uh, that 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 whole bit of imagery is just phenomenal. It's it's second to none. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I could. Yeah, I could not have said it like a better. Uh, like myself, the deja vu with like the deja. Um, you know, like if you're a fan of the series, like the first that uh, that uh, that that first 15, 15, 20 minutes of the game starting up is just like uh, amazing. So, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, the gameplay is very similar to classic Metroid. Uh, you're still going around, uh, you know, trying to you know trying to figure things out, find power ups, like you know trying to um, you're trying to work your way through. Um, biggest big, biggest difference is the mini map is a huge help. Um, oh God, yeah. But. Um, uh, you also have a status screen that you can also go to now. We can, where you can, where you can, where you can choose, uh, where you can choose to have certain items on or off depending on the, uh, uh, depending on the situation that you're in. So that's also mm -hmm. like uh, very helpful. You also get, um, uh, you also get, uh, you also get super, uh, 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 super bombs on top of your, uh, um, your top of your super missiles, uh, which you can use mm -hmm. to help to, uh, which you can use to like for certain, uh, have certain, like for certain, have certain situations. Um, uh, most of the power-ups from the original game is back, plus also like some, uh, uh, plus also like some new ones. So, um, you know, you know that's all like very cool. But uh, yeah, I think the only power-up from the previous games that didn't make a return was the Spider Ball. Right. Yeah, Which, they, you had your Spacer Beam from Metroid Two. Yeah. Uh, you know your Ice Beam. And like you said, uh, the wave beam was back, and you could stack those items, which was incredibly ah, uh, what a brilliant idea being able to stack your weapons. Yes, like that. but yep, exactly. Yeah, the, so. the loss of the spider ball was pretty significant because that thing is awesome. <laughs> uh, they also added in like you know energy, like energy rooms, uh, uh, like as well save rooms. Uh, yeah, which, save rooms, yep. energy refills, yeah, uh, missile refills, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so which are hugely helpful, though, so, because uh, because uh, this is a hard game. Um, 
I'm curious to hear what you think about this, Chris, because, and you know, like I also have George here, uh, what do you think, um, uh, the, uh, what do you thought here in a moment, but, uh, difficult, the, the difficulty of this game I thought was pretty high. I don't, I don't think it was the most difficult Metroid game I played. I think in some ways the original Metroid, maybe the, the original Metroid, me, Metroid may, may, may be harder than this, mostly because that this game has comforts that the original game did not have, i.e. Yeah, uh, I think the original Metroid is right. a billion times harder than yeah. this one. So, um, but yeah, so I think, you know, I think this game was harder than Fusion, you know, harder than maybe like Metroid 2 even, but, you know, I, it was not the, you know, it, it, but, but, uh, but I did, you know, but I did, did not think it was the hardest Metroid game I played, so I was curious to hear what you thought about that. Difficulty-wise, I also didn't didn't think it was the hardest Metroid ever, and some of that did come with the uh, the the extra features that they added. I'd I'd say the other main feature that they added in this one that wasn't in the prior games uh, was the eight-way shooting. Oh yes, uh, you could you could run now, and you could also shoot at an, uh, shoot at an angle, right. which was uh, yeah. very nice. Um, it I liked that it kept the cadence of a Metroid game; that it was not about you know always about the fast action. It was yeah. It, it kept that nice slow pace. It was very methodical. You could always look around a room and try to figure out what you're going to do. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the difficulty, I don't ever remember really being stumped by this game too much as far as the actual gameplay. You know, like there weren't bosses that I died over and over and over again on on, on my original playthroughs. Um, I do remember getting, you know, some environmental things getting stumped on and then just feeling feeling really good when i finally figured them out mm -hmm. yeah uh, yep. getting things like the speed booster and the, uh, the the grapple beam and um really just figuring out the puzzles of certain things that you can do in the game right um and the the wonderful secrets that you glean from watching the intro sequence as you're playing the game yes you know, yep, yep, play yep, itself yep. and you're like whoa wait a second i can do that weird thing where i roll <laughs> into a giant orange ball and get a bunch of health back that's crazy um <laughs> Yeah. But uh, and I, I rarely used that stuff. Most of that was me messing around with the game after I had beaten it. But mm -hmm. yeah, difficulty-wise, uh, I feel like this is really <clears throat> spot on. Like yeah. this is exactly right. Um, just challenging enough to not be boring, but not hard enough to be frustrating like the original Metroid and and to an extent Metroid Two. Right. Though Two is probably more frustrating just because of you know the limitations of the Game Boy and mm. everything looks the same and yeah. uh, it's very easy to get lost. <coughs> Uh, yep, definitely. So, um, uh, George, I'm curious to hear about your perspective on this because yours. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, because it's your first time playing this, so this was all like new to you. So, um, what was your what was your what was your first half an hour half an hour like this game like? Uh, but don't 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 feel bad if you hate <laughs> it because I'm clearly enthusiastic enough for the both of us. <laughs> where do I go? Why do I keep going to the same place? Oh my God! What are these things? Why are they killing me? Leave me alone! I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically my first half an hour. Oh, also, uh, why can't I get here? All right, I'll come back. Oh, wait, I forgot to drop bombs while I was in, in the ball mode. Mm. I'm stupid. That, that's part of the game, too. It's just well, like, why can't I get past here? And then I try everything but what I'm supposed to do. And then, it, yeah. and then it's like, oh, wait, I was supposed to do... Like, ten minutes later, wait, I was supposed to do this. <laughs> Dang it. Makes, my, well, makes me feel stupid. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Uh, there are three things I can tell you that make you feel better. Um, one, I think even the mini map, it is uh, the mini map. Like it is easy to get lost in this game. I think because there are times I would, there were definitely times when I was playing when I'm like, where the hell am I? Like, right. Like I have the map. If I had the map here, tell me I'm in Brinstar somewhere. But I'm like, okay, that doesn't help me. I need like where am I supposed to go to? But so I mean, so uh, like so it is easy to get lost. Like even the map. Two, there are certain areas of the game 
that you cannot a access or enter until much, much later in the game. Oh, I realized you that. Getting... I, I just, right, right. I struggled with areas that you were just basically yeah. supposed to drop bombs on or something. Right, yeah, so. Something simple I mean, like that. <laughs> the game does a wonderful job, of, like, at this. Um, you know, like, I, like I was gonna, you know, I, um, you know, like, um, uh, I, I was gonna talk about this later on, but, uh, this game is, this game is one of the most popular games people use that, uh, like, other, uh, uh, use that for speedrunning, because of the numerous ways, the numerous ways that there are to play through this game, yeah. and how much stuff, and how much of this game is just simply optional, like, you don't have to get, really, Chris, I, I, I don't, uh, I think, I, I think you probably get maybe, like, a third of the items in this game, if I could be able to win it. I mean, like, most of the stuff in this game is, like, optional, as far as the actual, you need to play. Like, needs to beat the game, and that's what makes it brilliant. Well, well, well oh, absolutely. Well, that wall jump that yeah. you can do at any time. Right. Yeah. You can do that straight from the get go, and you can do all kinds of wacky stuff with that wall jump. Right. Exactly. So, um, and third, also, um, you know, the last thing I'll say is like, you know, uh, you know, the um, the game, the, the uh, you know, the game definitely encourages you to go through to to go through and explore all the regions, but there are different ways of being able to do that. So, there's, there's, like I said, there's no really uh, you know, there's no really like wrong way of doing it. Um, um, as a matter of fact, uh, it's been a couple years since I played the game to this point, Chris. So maybe you can refresh me on it. There's there's one point in the game we actually can we actually can enter the underwater the under the underwater uh, North area two different ways. You either can go a long way around the proper way, or you can also use a super bomb in that super bomb like in that like in that like in that water passage way, like to blow a hole mm -hmm. through and access that way. So. That's in the the Brinstar depths, and you're the, talking about yes, Meridia right, yep. is the uh, yeah, right. the um the the water water place. And you do yeah, yeah you can yeah. absolutely uh, do that where you you just super bomb, and then you take a step, and the whole thing shatters, and then you're in there. But you can't get very far if you don't have the gravity suit. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So wow. you go the long way around, then eventually get get yourself back to Meridia, and then you're you know back in there, and there's yeah. a save point. It's it's wonderful interconnectivity. Yes. Right. Well, I remember yeah. I remember getting to that you know early on in the game. And you're running through, and the map just looks different. Like all of a sudden, you're not in Brinstar depths for like three screens. You're like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> and then you're, you're right back to where you were. And then eventually, you get to Meridia, and it all comes together. Like, oh, right. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I mean, like, you know, also, also the fact that, you know, this game was built with like 90 sensibilities in the sense that, like, you know there are you know there are comforts here to help to help you such as the the mini map and the, the save room or whatnot but you know like you know obviously more modern games are going to have more modern games are going to have you more comforts to comforts 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 to make it a bit easier for you you know you know just to give you an example like I love uh, Zero Mission I think it's an, an excellent remake of the original game but and you know and be, and the game telling you roughly where you need to go to in each part. Is a huge help, but it also makes the game definitely, uh, I mean, definitely a lot easier than you know mm -hmm. uh, than this Agreed. you know than than this game even, much less the original Metroid. Uh, yeah. But you know, so I think George, I think like you know, if you like, so I think that Metroid Metroid Zero Mission maybe maybe a more uh, gentler entry entry to the series for you than this game is because if, if to be even like I said, it's not super difficult. But you know, I definitely, I definitely understand, sympathize with it, sympathize, like the, sympathize, you know, like the frustration that you have this game because you know there are, th um, it, it, it's very easy to get killed, very easy to get lost. Um, the important thing in this game, I think, is just to keep hacking away at it, and also the fact that the game helps you in the sense that 
there are tons of secret items to find in this game. I mean, like energy tanks, missile tanks. They're scattered all over, uh, all over the place, like all the place, like, like Kingdom Come. More, yeah. uh, more hidden in the game than you actually can have in the game, I think. Like if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Matter of fact, matter of fact, some of these items are so well hidden. I'm just like, how the hell did they expect anybody to find this thing? Like if I like a walkthrough, like it's like some of the stuff. This, this, to be some of the tanks, tanks, missile tanks that you get later on, and you're like. Okay, I have to do this and then do that and like bomb here and make this perfect jump and like do this and that and you're like nobody nobody found this found this back in the day. No way. Because it just it to be like so insane to find it. People are crazy, man. Just you never know. Bomb everything. <laughs> bomb every single surface in the game. That's how I found pretty much everything. Was I left no stone unturned. If there was a spot in the game that I hadn't hit with a bomb, I would keep figuring out until I could get a bomb there <laughs> to make sure that I was able to hit everything. Yeah. And obviously the x-ray scope that you get late in the game is oh, yeah, it's huge help. super helpful for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the minimap, the minimap does help you a little bit, a little bit in that sense, because they're, they're a little, uh, so it will tell you those, um, all those dots that kind of show you like, you know, like important rooms. So yeah, that, that's uh, it's where your stuff happens. It also kind right. of shows you where this this one of the the first places I got stuck in the game was uh, trying to get to Craig's lair, mm. oh, and yep, um, yep, yep. I couldn't figure out what the heck I was supposed to do uh, because you get into an elevator room and there's a a, a wall that you can blast <laughs> with super missiles, and it just never even occurred to me to try to do that because um, I wasn't at the point where I was bombing everywhere yet, and uh, I just keep going back and forth, and eventually I noticed on the mini map there was blue to the right of the room that I was in. I was like, oh, wait a second. So I started bombing the wall and I was like, super missiles. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got to Craig's lair. True story. The end. Uh, yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's certainly awesome that this game has both like old and new bosses in it because that certainly kind of helps to the, uh, you know, the appeal of the game because it's like you have the favorites like Ridley and then you also have the new stuff going up. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the Craid boss in particular was uh, probably one of the coolest moments in this game for me. Because oh, the yeah. way it just very deliberately screws with you uh, <laughs> as an NES Metroid fan. You right. Know? Yeah. You go into this whole area and it looks very similar to Craid's lair in the NES game. Uh, and it's got like the green tiles and all over the place. And you get to this this room and the little you know, darts start flying across the room. And there's Craid and he looks awesome. And so I just like, oh god, it's Kraid! I'm here! I'm fighting Kraid! And then like a few seconds later, I blew him up, and I'm thinking, huh, that was anticlimactic. I remember him being a lot harder. <laughs> and then you go to the, the you go to the end of that that little tunnel, and there's a, a a dead body covered with bugs sitting there. You get close to it, and the bugs fly away, and there's a weird eyeball thing guarding the door. And you beat that, and then you go in this room, and there's spikes everywhere, so you can't walk off the platform you're standing on. And the door locks behind you. I'm like, all right, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> and then everything starts shaking. And the largest boss I've ever seen in a video game, especially up to that point, comes out of the ground and it's freaking crayed. It is <laughs> literally screens tall. And that was unheard of at this point. Right. At this day and age. And it was so unbelievably intimidating. And you get a couple of shots off and then he decides... 
I'm going to stand up now because he was only at half height. And then he stands up and he's just marching all over this room. And you got to climb up on these platforms so you can shoot him in the face and shoot missiles in his mouth. And I was beyond blown away. And it was completely subverted my expectations because I knew what Kraid looked like. And I knew what Kraid was sized like next to Samus because of my experience with the NES game. Right. And that's yeah. one of the very few drawbacks, I think, of playing um, Zero Mission is that you lose that because in Zero Mission, Kraid's just gigantic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of lose that element of surprise in Super Metroid where you think you beat Kraid, but no, no, you didn't even get <laughs> close to beating Kraid. He's this giant skyscraper in the next room <laughs> that you're going to take down. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I definitely, uh, boss fights in this game are definitely, um, you know, are definitely like a battle attrition. It's just like you, you, uh, uh, you, just, you just have to hope that you can wear them out before they, like, kill you, though. So, uh, and they were all, they were all very memorable. Mm -hmm. Like, every single boss, even the mini bosses, uh, you know, the, the, the big four, uh, Ridley, Kraid, Dragoon, and, uh, Fantoon uh, and Dragon, sorry. Uh, the four of those were all very memorable, but the mini bosses, you know, the yeah, uh, yeah. the weird plant thing that tries to like, oh, hit yeah, you with yeah, his chin yeah, yeah. over and over again that <laughs> opens up, like, and that cool little, like, dancey, jazzy, weirdo music that plays in the background. All the spores are falling down. Yeah. And of course, of course, you can't talk mini bosses without talking Crocomire. Right. Which, like,. <laughs> Oh my God, Crocomire! Like, are, is, are we talking about Crocomire right now? Or will we come back to this. Uh, yeah, go for it. Crocomire was so crazy because you get in this room and like he's kind of cute, right? He's this big, doofy-looking dragon thing with all these eyeballs, and he's just like, he's just pissed. He doesn't seem like pissed at you. He just seems real angry in life. And so you start shooting him, and you're like I'm not doing any damage, but if I shoot him enough, he starts walking backwards. Right, so I keep pounding at him, hitting all this, hitting him over and over again as he starts scooting backwards. And then I see this lava behind him in the ground thinning, and I'm like, "Oh, we're going Mario three here. All right, <laughs> let's let's do this." So I keep pushing him back, and then he falls into the lava, and I'm like, "Yes, I got him!" And then I started feeling really bad because he starts <laughs> writhing in pain, and like. He's making this horrible noise, and then he pops out of the lava, and his skin melts off. And I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> I feel so bad for this guy. And, like, he's just there. He's screeching, and the skin melts off even further. And then, like, he sinks into the sinks back into the lava, and the music goes, like, mostly quiet. It just goes, this, like, dum, 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 going to the background. Like, it's very nice, very quiet stuff. But you see, if you pay attention, some bubbles just start shooting across the bottom of the screen. Like, hmm, I'll follow these bubbles. So I walk over, and then there's a big spiky wall, and then all of a sudden everything starts shaking, and the boss music comes back on, and his skeleton comes out from the <laughs> ceiling, lets out this horrible roar, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to kill this. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> he just crumbles right in front of you. Uh, and that was, you know, talk about a memorable boss fight, because... I mean, that's as good as even the crazy stuff in, like, like Raphael the Raven in Yoshi's Island. I right. mean, that is, yeah. like, absolute top-tier boss material right there. Uh, and just really the genuine horror of feeling bad. Like, <laughs> this wasn't one of Mother Brain's generals, I don't think. This is just 
a creature that lived there and you were in his house basically you just showed up with your your big dumb metal outfit and he's just like get off my lawn and i'm like i'm gonna shoot you in the mouth because there's not really anywhere else i can go and then you melt his skin off by dipping him in lava and you kind of feel a little bad about that so you're the bad guy here because you were on his lawn <laughs> that's what i'm saying uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Like a very, uh, uh, yeah, and it, uh, um, and to add out that uh, the graphics in, in it, on that scene with him, with like the effects of the effects of the skin melting off and whatnot, is like mm -hmm. so good because, uh, heck, the, heck, uh, heck, the entire game, this game's a graphical masterpiece. Um, oh my, absolutely. I mean, the game, it's not a particularly bright, colorful game, but it makes great use of colors. Like the very, um, you know, they're very. They're very muted colors, but they're still like a very wide range of very detailed reds and blues and greens and whatnot. Um, and, and pinks. They're, like, they're, yep. Really? Yeah, right. Just think about Remember the first time getting a Brinstar? Yeah, oh yeah. And you're going like all the green vines and everything, right. and you're thinking you, you have an understanding of what this place looks like, and you open a door, and it's essentially snowing, but like plant spores, I guess, because everything's pink, and there's like little like flakes falling down in the background. Yeah. Oh, yep, just... Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Just wow. Yep. Yeah. And the enemies are all like, yeah. Uh, plus the enemies in this game, like all like very like you know like well defined, like both the old ones and the new ones. Uh, just like um, mm -hmm. um. But uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 but yeah. Just the um, uh, uh, the the the, uh, the very the very wide mix of the so uh, the, of the, of, the, of, the, of the of the zones that you go through. They all have their um, you know, they're, you know, uh, uh, one, uh, one thing you can use to help tell them apart is like you know, like those zones all look very different. They all have very you know, they all have their very different graphical touches to them, uh, the graphical feel. So, so even if you get lost, you can still be okay. This is like the, you know, this is like the plant zone. This is like the water zone. So, and the graphic the graphics go a long way of helping out that, uh, like I thought. Um, and when you finally get there, the Metroids, the Metroids in this game are freaking awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, they look so good. But, uh, yeah, when you get to Torian and you meet your first Metroids, it's like, ooh, wow, that's <laughs> that's spooky. They have like little electric bolts like zapping on the inside of them. Right. I remember getting one stuck behind a wall so I could get a really good look at them animating. Oh, and I was just like, okay, wow, cool. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, um, so George, yeah, uh, the graphics in this game for you, um, um, did you? Uh, uh, how'd you like them maybe visit this compared to other like Super NES games? Uh, I mean, this is like Nintendo at its best, basically, you know? Like, mm, what can yeah, you really yeah, say yeah. that other people haven't said before? But this game is just, uh, it looks amazing. And it's yeah. great how they have, uh, such different, like, tile sets for all these different areas of, of yes, the world. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you can yeah. really, you know, if you really know your stuff, like, you can look at like, like where you are. You'd be like, "Oh, I'm here," you know, because because you can tell just by all the different little details and whatnot, and it's insane. Uh, the 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 attention to detail and everything essentially. It just it looks amazing. Yeah. To to build off the tile set thing you were talking about, I do like it when um. Uh, it, it has this really great way of kind of making it feel very organic. I'm thinking very specifically in Norfair, where you're in these uh, very muted-looking caves, uh, but before you get to the, 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 the bubble area, you know, which was one of the most iconic areas in the original Metroid, 
uh, the door before you get in there, you start to see some of that appear on the screen that you're in. Like it's kind of like growing into the area that you are already. And then you go through the door and you're in full on bubble area. It's, it's really intelligent, organic touches like that, that really, really bring this to the next mm -hmm. level. Yeah. It's not just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, you know, like, you know, like, you know, we're giving praise to the game that people have already said, like, you know, for years and years, but, you know, just a, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the things I absolutely love about this game is like, you know, as far as the, as far as touches go, that, that goes beyond the graphics, the whole game, the whole game does a wonderful job of the whole, like, of the whole, like, show don't tell philosophy, because it's like, um, after that opening story, that's pretty much it for the story in the, the story in the game. Pretty much everything else you is told to you through the game. You figure things out by saying, uh, by seeing what happens. Like the game's not telling you, okay, this is going on, that's going on. It's not monologuing to you like, um, um, you know, a lot like the, like, you know, a lot like future Metroid games or a lot of like modern games would. It's like, it's like the the environment's a story. You're seeing what's happening with the pirates, the the pirates, the background, the enemies, the enemies, and whatnot, and you're piecing things together. Uh, as, as what happened, and it happened. And another great example of that is like, um, you you reach one area, and you see these three alien creatures doing this kind of this wall jump thing, and like you know, the, um, <laughs> and, and so and so and so, and so the game's telling you how to do the wall jump, which is a very you know, it's not needed. Uh, um, the wall jump's not needed to win the game, but it's a very helpful thing to have. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just like again. The game, the game is so beautiful, and it's like it's presented presentation of like the whole, whole. Here's the environment. Here's the setup. Here's the background, and like you know, we'll just let you figure everything out. Yeah, um, you know, like in your own, as far as you exploring, figuring out the story, and how to beat the enemies and whatnot. It's so beautifully put together, and it's like one perfect masterpiece. It's like, it's it's like it's like yeah, I can't. There, there, there's very few games that do this so well that this game does. It's just like amazing for like a Super NES game to actually like be this good as far as that, you know, as far as the whole like presentation goes. Yeah, I would definitely agree that one of my favorite things about this game is that it is 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 definitely one of the best examples of what video games can accomplish as storytelling devices. That is completely not the direction that most modern games go, where they basically just try to emulate movies. Like it, this game. Most games will tell a story as in like, well, now we're going to show you this movie, but this game tells you the story by making you play it, making you experience it. And, you know, right. like, like you said, you know, that you find those three little monkey dudes will teach you how to do the wall jump. You find the funky looking ostrich thing that teaches how to do the shine spark uh, mm. or whatever the heck that move is called. Um, and uh, you can save those critters at the end of the game yes too. yep it's yep. completely optional but if you <laughs> you know go down in this one room you can you can save them which is totally awesome but yeah. uh really it it all builds up to the, the the culmination of the baby metroid at the end right yep um, yeah which uh i mean i don't know if you want to start diving into that right now but that's um, um yeah we that you trust me like we'll get there like very shortly but but uh, yeah we'll we'll, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get there but the uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll share my experience of that when we get there but that yeah. is um yeah that entire experience of the end of this game mm. is just it really even up up to uh, right past the ridley fight like yeah. everything is just an astonishing feat of storytelling without it just completely video game story yeah it's like just, what you are doing is the it's story. just crazy yeah. that it's telling you a story without really telling you a story like right, you're, yeah, you're experiencing yeah. everything you're not reading anything you know there's no exposition mm -hmm. or anything it's really just like you have to kind of just put everything together while you're experiencing it 
and that's uh you know that's completely different from how video games tell stories now but, exactly yeah right. it's, yeah. it's insane but it's it's an it's an it's an amazing example of what video games can accomplish and when well when we talk about that i'll go into <laughs> specifically how i still barely understand how it did what it did You're right yeah. um because it made me feel all kinds of feelings mm. and yeah and just to give another example you also have that um you know say um you know another um for another stage later on the game like that crashed alien ship but that you have to like turn the power back on uh oh, back yeah, on with it's like ship yeah it's like you know and it's like and it's like here's the it's like the game the game doesn't tell you anything about the ship it's like you know, here's a wreck ship here's the alien robots like running around on it and it's like it's like and so it's like totally open interpretation who who built the ship why is it why did it crash um you know like what are these you know what are these robots like you know like you know like could the could the pirates have been involved in this like somehow could the metroids have been involved in this somehow like, you don't know just like you know it just didn't mm -hmm. what if know, the pirates uh, and the metroids were working together well, that, well, dun, that could be the dun, case dun. too. So, <laughs> but what if they were drunk and just crashed? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you don't know. So, but uh, that's my favorite um, Metroid story. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and you also have that. Like you know, like speaking about boss fights, um, you know, um, uh, which boss fight is it, Chris? I know it's like one of the boss fights that uh, boss fights boss boss fights that you do that shortcut with. I never, I've never done it myself, but I've seen it like done on YouTube, like uh, um, you know, like let's play. Uh, the boss, uh, the boss, the grapple beam. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is dragon in yeah. uh, Meridia. Right. When I, when I figured out that you could do that, uh, I had heard that you could do it. I think I saw it in Nintendo power or something. I was like, ah. you gotta be kidding me. Let me try this. <laughs> uh, what you're talking about is you got this, this boss fight against a uh, dragon, which was pretty tough. Yes. And he's got yeah, this yeah. weak point on his stomach. Um, but what you can do is you can blow up these panels on the wall that leave all this electricity around. And you can do this just completely insane <clears throat> move where you can make Dragon grab you, switch to your grappling beam, which is it's essentially just an electric beam that can grab onto certain things. And you can shoot it at the wall, electrocute yourself, and zap the heck out of Dragon until it dies. Wow. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like the the blaster master trick where you pause and the grenade just right. keeps going off yep, over yep, and over yep, again. Yep, so. Except like you're taking damage too, so yep. you got to make sure you have enough health to survive it. Yeah, but it's so cool. Yeah, it, yeah. If you know about that trick and if you have enough energy to like pull it off, it is such a yeah. It, it it's a really awesome way to be able to like short you know shortcut that boss fight, and just kill him like you know, like <laughs> um you know just kill him like do twenty seconds. But you know just like it it, it to totally awesome and and again totally optional. You know, um, you know the game. The game gives you no hints. Well, it, well, well, it does give you that one hint, I suppose. But it, but 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 again, the game doesn't tell you. There's you know there's several ways. You know, there's two ways to beat that boss. So you know, again, just awesome about that. Play that part. So. And once again, to talk about feeling bad after killing a boss, like, all right, he is one of the big four. But after you beat it, I don't know, it could be a her. Like a bunch of its kids basically show up and oh, drag yeah. the corpse away. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was like, yeah, oh, right. oh, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, he's trying to kill me. I don't, I don't know what to tell it's you. Kill or be killed. That's all you need to know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the last major thing we can talk about here, and this also is part and parcel of the whole experience, is the music. Uh, the, oh the, the, yes. The, the, the soundtrack in this game is really good. Um, you know, I personally, and this just so, and so I realized, so I realized this may be a, uh, like an unpopular opinion. Uh, I, the music in this game, I think, is very, very good. 
I think I like I think I like the music in Metroid Zero Mission and Metroid Fusion a little bit better than the soundtrack, but still a very 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 good soundtrack. Um, you have, uh, you have both you have both remixes of old music and also like some new stuff put in here. Um, mm -hmm. So like you know I loved hearing the item theme pickup uh, theme again in this game. So yeah, uh, but and like and like I said, and so that opening that opening title screen, Chris from Super Metroid. Oh yeah. And then, oh yeah. The piano the, keys. Yeah, and... that beautiful rendition, like the original scary, like like scary as all heck Metroid theme is like the, mm -hmm. it's, it's just so good. But um, I would I would definitely like I would definitely disagree with you on the fusion aspect. I don't love the soundtrack to Fusion, um, but I adore the soundtrack in Zero Mission, uh, which is super interesting because uh, the thing about Zero Mission that had an advantage was that it was essentially. Um, uh, remaking um, uh, Hip Tanaka's original NES score, which is right. Yep, you know, yeah, yeah. Hip Tanaka is one of my absolute all-time favorite uh, uh, composers, and this was a uh, Zero Mission was done by Kenji, Kenji Yamamoto, who uh, also worked on uh, the Super Metroid soundtrack, did the, the 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 primary work on Super Metroid. So it was basically an opportunity for him to give his takes. And stylistically, right. it's very similar to the Super Metroid music, but giving his takes on um, uh, Hip Tanaka's original works. Yeah, exactly. So I did have a bit of an advantage there. Right. But that said, um, I do think that Super Metroid did a lot of things right, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you think about the you know Ridley's theme, um, right. that boss music that's been reprised over and over again yep, yep, throughout yep. The, the, the the throughout the series and in yep. Smash Brothers. Um, you know, the, the incredible music in Brinstar, yep. you know, when you land in Brinstar, that really cool, like beat picks up and everything. The fact that it fades in instead of just starting, yeah. um, and, and the, the terrifying, the genuinely terrifying music of Ridley's lair mm -hmm. at the end where you get the, the big thick drums right? and it's just, it's, it, it, everything has that <laughs> choral sound to it. You know, it's got that kind of chorus sound going on. So it all sounds very, um, movie quality, especially coming out of a super Nintendo yes. uh, yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. It was a very, very unique soundtrack. Um, so I, I would say that I, I would agree with you just from a pure listening perspective, uh, just because it's it's reworking Hip Tanaka's just stellar works in, right. uh, in she's Ridley's lair. <laughs> Ever Norfair and everywhere in that game just yeah. has just amazing renditions, but right. uh, not to underscore the amazingly impressive work that came out of Super Metroid. Right, but exactly. But yeah, I would yep. agree. Yep. Um, Zero Mission does does top it, in my humble opinion. Right. right. Uh, I think this game... Yeah, so I think this game also was the first game to use the Space Pirate theme, which has also been, like, remixed in later Metroid games, too. So, um, I think... Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I was looking up... So, uh, uh, like, so... The composer of this game, like Kenji Yamanoto, uh, he, he... He's no slouch. He certainly have done a lot of, um, you know... He, you know, we scored a lot of like um, you know great games over the years. Uh -huh. um, you know, numerous Metroid games uh, he's worked on. Uh, a lot of Mario games. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out he worked on. Mm -hmm. uh, like um, uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Uh, you, you know, Power Wings Resort. Uh, you mentioned Tropical Freeze earlier. They did the music for that. So uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, playing among others. He so, was he was a music yeah. supervisor in Tropical Freeze. Tropical yeah. Freeze was David Wise. Yeah, right. So. Um, yeah, but so, it's interesting yeah. enough. You yeah. mentioned the um, Donkey Kong Country Returns. I, I see him listed on Returns. Yeah, there he is on Returns. He was in the composition arrangement on, on a team right. that was yeah. reworking all of Wise's original tracks. Sure. And those tracks are 
Again, Kenji Yamamoto remastering some of my favorite uh, composers' works is like out of this world because David Wise, another all-time favorite composers. I mean, David Wise is a freaking god as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but Kenji Yamamoto and that team attacking the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack is unreal. It's unreal. Like listening to these new arrangements and they're not even, they didn't even change too much. They just, they captured the actual soul of what was supposed to be coming out of the Super Nintendo and transitioned to them into these, these gorgeous, gorgeous real instruments and mm. just chef kiss. I mean, just <laughs> uh, un, unreasonably good. Yeah. Uh, Kenji Yamamoto, big fat thumbs up. Absolutely no slouch in the music department. Right. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I, you know, this soundtrack, I really love the, uh, um, you know, I really love just how fitting the music is for each stage you're in, just how appropriate that it is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and the drums, the drum use in this game is just so good. Like the music in the background, to the the, uh, the background effects, the uh, background effects, like whatnot. So mm -hmm. just like you know, really, just, just like my really like you know, awesome, uh, awesome effects as far as that goes. But uh, the drums and the very specific lack thereof, which is uh, yes, a, a, yep, yep. A, a touch that he did in a lot of the a lot of the tracks. Like I think of the um, you know, the Red Rocks area in um, uh, right. the Brinstar Depths. Yep, you know that. Uh, uh, I don't even know how to ex explain that music, but it's, yeah. it's there's no percussion in it. Yeah, it's just it, it fades in and uh, eventually transitions into this like very pretty piano piece, and it's it's a song that's reprised in uh, Metroid Prime Two Echoes that I really didn't care for the version that they used because it was um, it was very theremin heavy and it kind of changed the overall nature of the piece. But then it was reprised again in uh, Metroid Samus Returns to uh, just. Just stunningly gorgeous uh, effect. Um, you're, you're bringing up percussion is is just such a brilliant thing to say about this soundtrack because when he uses it, it is absolutely spot the heck on. But the very very meticulous lack of drums in a lot of this music really make just adds to the overall orchestral nature nature of it and made it just such a unique thing for Super Nintendo games and, and video games in general at this time because. Mm. You would hear a lot of orchestral scores and things like, um, you know, RPGs, like your Final Fantasy, right. yeah. Fantasy, Chrono Triggers, etc. But there's something very, very specifically smart about the sci-fi nature of Super Metroid and the way Yamamoto made all this work right. uh, yeah. to, to each one of those areas. It's just remarkably intelligent. Right. Yep. Yep, definitely. So, uh, George, like, how about like, your perspective? Uh, it's good. <laughs> what do I say? Like I'm not like I I'm not super into it. like I don't follow everybody's work and everything. So like how do I follow up with this in-depth conversation about just even other games that um other composers have done and whatnot? How do I follow up with that? It's music's good. <laughs> Everything's good. What do I say? Like I'm that's so, that's a legitimate question. No, 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 no. That's fine. <laughs> I I do this to You have I, much I better it. input than I do yeah. because if you were not here I'd be like, "The music's good. I like it. It's it's got good tones and beep boops." So like you know. <laughs> It's like what do, I host what do a video say? game music podcast as well. Yeah, and I do this to my co-host Matt all the time. And I always feel bad because I'll just go on these tangents and be like, "Yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know what I don't know what to say." Right. Uh, well, let's well let well, well it's also what's also what's also let's not overlook the sound effects like first mentioned earlier. This um this that the um you know like you know the rain the rain and the monster cries and the footsteps and whatnot is so good. It just like really helps you you know. 
the atm the atmosphere would not be as scary or as good as it is without the sound effects. Completely agree. Yeah. Very excellent use of, of echo when it's needed. You know, subtle sounds like footprints, the, the, the noises that the creatures make, you know. Yeah. Most of the creatures have a sound that they make when they get hurt. Right. Uh, yeah. Sounds yeah. that they make when they attack. Uh, and, and they're mostly unique throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, it, and some of them are extremely memorable. Like those weird balls that float around in Norfair and that weird like boom sound that you make when you hurt those or you know the clanging sounds of all the robots in the the wrecked ship area yep yeah uh, and of course the sound of the baby metroid right. oh uh, yeah, which yeah we're gonna get to a little <laughs> bit more in a moment which uh, almost sounds like a bird i apologize or in advance for, <laughs> for, for <laughs> apologize in advance for the upcoming tirade but yes no the, the the use of sound in every every respect from the music to the sound effects is is uh, extraordinary. Even the, the I, I made the allusion to it in the beginning. The uh, the last Metroid is in captivity speech. Like, you know, you're starting this game with actual speech. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, by that. It's very like good quality speech too. Yeah, so. it's pretty good quality, and yeah. it was spoken by Dan Osen, right? Uh, who uh, was somebody who you know worked at uh, Treehouse, worked at Nintendo Power, uh, and I believe wrote the uh, wrote the actual story to Donkey Kong Country. Really? Uh, or at the very least, wrote the manual huh. to Donkey Kong Country. Cool. Uh, Dan Osen was a really cool dude. Uh, hmm. I don't know what he's up to these days, but I, 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 he was one of those names that I learned from uh, just you know, reading instruction manuals and getting those, uh, like that old Donkey Kong Country VHS tape. All you right. know, like Dan Osen was one of the people in there, and then I remember his name and Nintendo Power and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he was the one who spoke those words. Last Metroid is in captivity. Well, he does have a Wikipedia article, but it doesn't really say what he's doing these days. Uh, yeah. Um, it does say he lives in Seattle. He's giving back massages massages to reggie <laughs> he's, he's hanging out with reggie and howard phillips uh, yeah. just talking about the old yeah, days. there you go yeah 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 you know like i heard I, I yeah i heard last week uh what reggie's net worth is and i'm just like i cannot believe the guy's worth that much money it's like it's it, 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 it like mind blown um you know like 40 million dollars the guy is actually like worth well hey he said his body is ready so <laughs> now his body is ready to sit back and enjoy some Bigfoot pizzas and play some Nintendo games. Right, right, exactly. Uh, well, you know, I don't see any reason to put it off and play any longer because I know that both, um, because both Chris and I are very eager to talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, that ending sequence is probably among the best ending sequences in the, in the video game bar none. It is that the, um, you know, not just the ending itself, but the whole lead up to it. It just yeah, the whole storytelling of right it is right. It's so it's so amazing. But um, um, Chris, I know you're, you're I know you're super eager to talk about it. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you you spend this in the, from my own personal perspective. Um, I had this personal stake in it already because I was already attached to the baby Metroid. Because mm -hmm. Right. I explained my experience with Metroid too. Yeah. You know, I yeah. played that game. I beat it. I saved that last Metroid, and we all flew off into the stars together. Super Metroid starts, you drop baby Metroid off, and you're like, all right, little guy, do your thing, be good. I'm going to go bounty hunt and whatnot, and I'll check back on you later. And then he gets kidnapped, and you're just like, I got to find this thing. You know, I got to find this baby Metroid. So you finally track down Ridley, who was the one who stole it in the beginning of the game. And as soon as you beat him, you go into the next room, and the only thing that's in there is... The container that had the baby Metroid and it was just shattered. Yeah, you're like, and oh just, crap! <laughs> oh no! Like, that's my, not good. My first, my first thought is, what did they? Where is he? I 
they must they've did something like where is he i gotta find him so having beat beat ridley you go over to the statue you find yourself you find your way into torian and all of a sudden you're like there's metroids everywhere they cloned him i can't believe they cloned my adorable little metroid now there's a bunch of killer metroids out to get me and no, that's not the exact realization, because you knew they cloned him, you knew they were working on him, because you met those stupid mock droids earlier in the game that I looked up at the instruction manual and were explained as failed clones of Metroid. Oh, yeah, that's so right. Yep, you yep, knew that did, they yep, were already yeah, cloning yeah. him, and then you see these perfected ones, just like, ah, you jerks, you mean people, you stinking <laughs> pirates, how very dare you. So you're, you're running along in here, you're killing Metroids left and right. I'm already, I'm worried about the baby Metroid, which is... Which is ridiculous when you think about it. Like, <laughs> there's, again, there's no dialogue or anything. But as a person, as a, a teenager playing this game, I'm genuinely worried about this baby Metroid. Because, you know, you did you basically committed genocide on, the, on SR388 and Metroid 2. And what you pulled out of it was the fact that Metroids aren't evil. They're just being misused. And you found this one thing that was this shining beacon of like, okay, this could, we, we've discovered something and that we could save this species in, a, in, in some sort of positive light. And that is just a really cool feeling. And then the space pirates just completely ruin it, not just by you know, stealing the last Metroid, but stealing a baby that thinks you're its mom, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of all, that, that's kind of terrible. So you get to this room and there's one of these giant side hoppers, which were these really brutally mean creatures that you fought just in the, the the previous area in the game they're these big mutant versions of the side hoppers and they take some serious fighting like they they can they can hurt you and it's sitting there and you walk forward you get close to it and it's not moving and it just poofs in the dust and i'm like oh what could have possibly have done that oh that's I know. not cool <laughs> Yep, I know. This is not good, but we Yeah, no, this this isn't good because that thing takes a lot of missiles to beat, and I just blew it up. What could turn it into dust? So I'm thinking, well, there must be some serious Metroids nearby that must that that did that. So as soon as you, you walk a little bit further, one of them is alive, starts hopping towards you, and as soon as it goes to make a lunge, the biggest freaking Metroid you've ever seen in your life comes down and just demolishes this guy just like completely on his head just <laughs> and then he just sits up he poofs he turns into dust and i'm just sitting here looking like there's this, this giant metroid what am i gonna do I'm, I'm shooting at it it's not doing any any damage and it just gets on your head and your energy just starts tanking just <laughs> flowing down as fast as you could possibly imagine and i'm like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die how am i supposed to get past this thing i tried every weapon nothing hurts it what am i gonna do and when you get down to one hit point the very last hit point it stops and it makes this noise and it is unbelievable how this game communicated it to me mm -hmm. yeah because as soon as it made that noise i was like what did they do to you it immediately triggered, that's the baby Metroid. What did they do to you, poor thing? <laughs> and my heart broke at that, that scene. I was like, and it knew who I was. Like, the, the, this <laughs> fake alien jellyfish <laughs> recognized me at the same time I recognized it. And it floats around making these sad noises. And I'm like, it's okay, buddy. I'm still alive. I forgive you. And then it flies away. I'm like, ah, so you go chasing after it. 
And, you know, fortunately, there's a little, you know, energy refill station there. And, like, isn't that a crazy situation? Isn't that completely bananas? Like, did, did you guys experience that moment this, and even similar to I did there? Yeah, I did very, very close. Because I'm just like, you know, I knew there was, um, you know, because, like, you know, um, you know, I knew that like, I knew that they were cloning Metroids. I knew the, um, so I knew that the baby Metroid is probably in captivity somewhere. Um, I did not expect that super, I, I did not expect Super Metroid to be that baby Metroid. That was pretty awesome. Was, yeah. Serious, I'm just like, I was like, you know, I had no idea if like, I heard trips and I'm like, oh crap, that's the baby. What they, what did they do to you? But like, <laughs> and you know, he's, and, 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 he, and he's just mortified too because he flies off embarrassed. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, oh, I almost killed my mom. I, I gotta go. <laughs> Whoops! I left the oven on. I'm out. <laughs> so you uh, keep on. You keep. Y'all go see, ahead. See, I I oh, watched no. this. Yeah. I I watched this and I was like, oh okay. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I knew well, at this point that this yeah. So I knew at this point that something big was gonna happen coming up, but I but I still was not prepared for what actually happened. So like, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was also very not not prepared for what was gonna happen. <laughs> Um, and it's, it, it, again, it's, uh, it, it kind of goes to just the level of, I guess it's just the level of nerdery, you know, like yeah. how, yep. how willing you are to dive into something like this, like where I am like completely emotionally affected and you know, you're, you're hardly the first person I've spoken to is just like, yeah, that was cool. I mean, I, I don't really <laughs> and, have a connection and, like you do, so it's totally yeah, different. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a different thing to different people. Um, so back to the story, you can you continue on and you get to a new room that looks just like the last room in the original Metroid. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to bust through these walls. And there's Mother Brain. You start pumping missiles into her and the, the glass shattering sound of her tank busting open. And you just just keep shooting missiles just like in the original game until she finally starts exploding and lands on the ground. And I'm like, good, take that. And then there's silence with Mother Brain's like plopped brain on the ground. And I'm sitting here thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> Alright, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, Mother Brain gets this creepy T-Rex body and stands up and just starts going, and screeching at you. And I'm like, well, it's a good <laughs> thing I got 250 missiles because you're going to eat all of them. <laughs> I just start blasting the heck out of her in the face. Yeah, as a side so note. So angry. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, side note. that yeah, The boss designs of this game are all cool. Mother Brain there takes the cake. It's such an awesome design. That is oh, there. yeah. But, completely awesome design. But And not just the, the physical design, but the things that she does to you. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. get into that room, and you're just blasting her away, and you're thinking, all right, she's starting to turn, turn some colors now. I'm making some progress. But then she does the most devastating thing I've ever seen happen in a video game. And I'm, I'm counting this against things like... <laughs> The weird stuff you see in Mortal Kombat. Like, <laughs> I have never felt so decimated as this charge move that she does. Mm. She does this, she closes her eye and it just starts charging up this energy and you just brace yourself like, all right, something's going to happen and I'm ready to dodge it, but you cannot dodge this this death beam. No. And she just, <laughs> the sound, again, we talked about the sound design in this game. It is so painful, This the screeching sound mm. of Samus not only getting hit by this beam, but it blasts you against the wall yep. and hits you with enough force yep. to drag you up the wall. And you hear all the tiny explosions happening all over Samus's body and just the ear piercing shriek 
of that laser yeah and you land and you do not land on your feet no for the first time in the game you land on your knees and if you have enough health you can <laughs> get up and keep fighting but she just does it again and again until you are until you're toast you're absolutely there's there is no getting out of this right and then the the moment the freaking moment <laughs> she's charging up the death blast and the baby metroid blasts through the wall and catches her head and just puts her down <laughs> like actually forces her down on her knees and then floats around and basically says i'm sorry mommy have some energy <laughs> so i'm just like this is the greatest game ever this is the coolest thing that has ever happened but as the baby metroid's filling up your health smoke starts coming out of mother brain's mouth and she stands back up like you leave my baby alone lady <laughs> you stay don't go near it but she just comes up there and the baby metroid is shielding you from her vicious attacks and he starts turning this really sad sad green color and then he gets up and is like all right go get him kid knock her the heck out and he goes to go ah, this still breaks my heart this still kills me every time this noise it makes the most sad, horrible cry yep. because as the baby Metroid goes to take down Mother Brain, Mother Brain gets off of the killing shot and just that's it. It lets out this horrible shriek. And I'll never forget the feeling of doing that for the first time and just like, no, what did you do? <laughs> you killed it. <laughs> but it lands on you and you get this ridiculous hyper beam. Yeah. That is immediate vengeance. It yeah. is so satisfying because <laughs> you just blast her. You just literally blow her head yeah. off. Every shot knocks her head back over and over again push until she. Yeah. Go ahead. Push, yeah. Push, yeah. Push it makes that satisfying screech of pain like when you get hit like that. It's just, it's oh like yeah. That. Over over and yeah. over every shot. Like yeah. you feel that you Metroid <laughs> murderous until her head plops down on the ground and turns to dust. And I know you don't have to do this. It's going to go through that animation anyway. But every time I get there, I hold down the L button. So she, so Samus points down diagonally at the brain. And I just keep <laughs> shooting it until it's dust. <laughs> just out of pure rage. And so, then, of course, at that point, when your emotions are still high, like your heart like still racing, there's, of course, an escape scene because it's a Metroid game. Of course, there's going to be escape scene. So Of course. <laughs> but this time, they up the stakes because this time, she's not messing around with some bomb that's going to blow up Torian. She's taking the planet out. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. there is no there is no Zebes after the Zebes, sorry, whatever it's pronounced. Yeah. After this game is done, that planet does not exist anymore. <laughs> but you, yeah. but before you even go through all this this complete gauntlet, you gotta respect the fact that this game, all that stuff I just said was stuff you play. Yeah, this game told that story without a word. There yeah. wasn't a line of dialogue. There wasn't a cutscene. There was it was all in engine in game things that happened to you throughout this period of time and it delivered emotion actual emotion it affected me as a human being with a a woman in a bright orange purple spacesuit a monster called mother brain which is a brain with like a weirdo t-rex body and a flying green jellyfish evoked emotion from me yeah, one hundred percent agree with that. I could not have said it like any better. The whole the the, uh, the storytelling in this game is good. Period. That whole ending sequence is nothing short of like a brilliance. I mean, like like I said before, one of the best any any uh, any sequences in the game. Period. Bar none. But I could not possibly agree with you more. It's... And the and the ending sequence is not easy because because uh, 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 because you have like a good 
a good deal of distance to go. A lot of the doors are locked. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> um, so a those lot of the stupid ninja space pirates show up. Yep. Like, oh, hate those guys. Push the, yeah, push, yeah, yeah, but yeah, push get the background graphics, the graphics like the fire and the explosions going off, which uh, going mm -hmm. off, which makes it harder to see. So, uh, I mean, like, I mean, it's not, it's not impossible. I, I mean, like, it's not difficult. It just, it, 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 it just is frustrating. It's stressful, right? Yeah. So, and, 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 and like you mentioned before, you do have that, you, you, uh, you do have that, you do have that optional option of going off to that side room and letting your, um, you, you know, letting your like three, but you know, letting your like three buddies out. Um, yeah, you save your animal friends who show right, back up yep. in Metroid Fusion. Right, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah. I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, and then, like, and your reward for doing that is you're doing that as part of the ending sequence. You'll see, like, as, um, after, as, as plants blowing up, you'll see their ship, like, uh, blasting off, too. So, uh, that's the one yeah, difference. Yeah. The, the one difference in it, The one difference in that. So, uh, yep, yeah, so, you, so you get out, the whole, planet the whole planet explodes, and that's the game. So, um, yep. And like and like early Metroid games, the ending, then you get different slightly depending upon how long it took. Mm -hmm. uh, yep, there are there are three endings. There, there are three endings that you see in this game. One's the best ending. The best ending you have to be the best ending you have to beat it under three hours. And, and the second one is three to ten hours. And the last one, um, uh, the last one, and the last one's out of ten hours. And again, like other mm -hmm. Metroid games, it just really affects how much damage you get to see. Uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those. It's one of the pieces of this game. Right. One of the very few pieces of this game that I feel hasn't aged extraordinarily well. Yeah. Um, is I mean, it's it's all about essentially objectifying the hot blonde inside the spacesuit, which is like, it kind of goes against the general nature of the character of just like, even even before uh, even before I was you know an adult with a daughter and and yeah. just kind of became I think a better person. Um. The idea of object ob objectifying Samus, uh, or even sexualizing the character, seemed very counterintuitive to the whole point of this. Like, mm, yeah. what struck me of the fact that Samus was a woman was that it didn't make a freaking difference. Right. Like, you're just this badass in a spacesuit. It didn't matter that she was a woman. But then you get to the ending, and she's just like, you know, flicking her hair and wearing this like '90s badass babe uh, swimsuit, basically in space. <laughs> it kind of, you know. It's like rewatching Dragon Ball, you know. Mm. Uh, there, there was a time in my life where I was like, "Oh, that Master Roshi, what a scamp!" And now you look at it as like, "Wow, he he literally sexually assaulted Bulma. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> that show is really horrible to Bulma." But so it does kind of undermine the whole like, the fact that she is 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 Ripley. You know, no, she's no. she, she uh, sexualizing her to that extent is. Something that I think is at least worth mentioning, yeah. but you know, yeah. it is a it is a small black mark on an otherwise darn near flawless experience. Well, I agree with you on most of that. Uh, um, you know, uh, um, you know uh, how um, how I did it in, in uh, how how I did it in NES Metroid and Super Metroid didn't really bother me that much. Um, you know, <laughs> just you know, like real quick tangent here. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Metroid the original Metroid was a very hard game. Uh, I didn't have it as a kid, but as a kid, but my friends did, and I remember like. We decided finally to take like one spring vacation and just simply take our whole the whole week for like four or five of us just like camped out in his basement playing taking turns mapping the heck out of that game trying to figure out how the mm -hmm. heck to actually be able to thought he would beat it. So and we finally got to the point where we started to, where we had everything mapped out and we're like okay that's took like 40, 40, 50 hours let's just start over again and just like play again from the start just so we know like what to do and then do it more efficiently. Um, so as like, like because of that we got the best ending of the game. And you know we're all like, 
oh, I'm trying to think here. We're all like eight to ten in age at this point. Mm -hmm. So the the sheer shock of realizing that they're realizing they're realizing they're realizing that Samus was a woman, uh, like our jaws dropped because none of us expected that uh, at all, especially back then. You know, like in those days. Especially with that kind so, of ending, absolutely. huh? Right, exactly. So, but... Yeah, but, and if you got the best ending, you got the, the, the space bikini. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, like, you know, like, you know, didn't really bother me that much in Metroid, that Metroid uh, on Metroid Super Metroid. Where it did bother me some, where I thought they really started to, um, you know, where they really started to, like, I thought they really started to objectify uh, Samus was in later games of, like, you know, uh, Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. That mm -hmm. they were started going all out on that, and I'm like, okay, that's a little bit uh, yeah, uh, uh, like, uncomfortable, but. And this is her ass. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't necessarily need to see that, and they started messing with a little bit in Smash Brothers, like, yeah, oh, of course she's wearing heels. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any like they're the coolest shoes ever, like these awesome rocket shoes. But like, <laughs> do they have to be super sexy heels? Like, it kind of. They've done a very good job of undermining what was very impressive about the character to begin with. And yeah, yeah. When you when yeah. you really want to get into the the, the nitty gritty of it, comparing her position in Metroid Prime, uh, yeah. the Prime trilogy, to her position in something like Other M, um, it's like you can definitely tell the difference in, I guess, a kind of a regional difference. Right. You know, like yeah, uh, yeah. In, in Other M, she's definitely portrayed as uh, very damselly and in in ways that don't make any narrative sense you know like she completely loses her mind when she sees ridley and it's like but you've beaten this guy like four times already like yeah, yeah. this month <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for her to have this complete mental breakdown uh, and 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 also her relationship with adam is kind of disgusting yeah um, yeah yeah but when you look at the way the character is in, in Metroid Prime, it's kind of like how she was described in the right. original instruction manual. Yeah. Like Nobody knew who she was under the helmet. They, the NES instruction manual refers right. to her as a he. Exactly, right. Because um, yes, uh, it didn't matter, and yeah. everyone just respected Samus. And like yeah. I really liked that when you know, Samus, as a bounty hunter, was working with the Federation in like the Prime games, and just that mutual respect. Like, sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to mess with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, and I did really like, you know, like you mentioned, um, you know, so like, you know, like later games, um, like, you know, um, you know, just my personal thought, we, we mentioned before how it was a very nice touch how uh, Super Metroid uh, brought in elements from Metroid 1 and Metroid 2. I really left that Metroid Fusion, uh, Fusion, like, you, like, um, you know, just, you, you, you just kept going with like, the same, like, you know, plot line, but, you know, so, mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, I mean, Fusion short, is, yeah, masterful, the, yeah, the, the storyline, the storyline, the storyline has a couple issues, um, but you know, I did, I did, um, I did really love the fact how they called it Metroid Four. They really did actually like played, you know, take the events in the earlier games and use in that game to, to yeah. um, to I, 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 I things. So it's like, yeah, whatever happened to other. Uh, so like, why they decided to change things so radically for other M, I, 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 like, I'll never know because it's just like a complete. Like a whole new, like a whole new team came to work on it who had no knowledge, appreciation, or respect about the original series. As far as that's, but, uh, but yeah. it wasn't, which is what's freaky. Yeah, that's why I don't. They, 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 it does not make a lick of sense. This um, is this was Yoshio Sakamoto directed the thing. Yeah, you know, Yoshio Sakamoto, I believe, was the he was the he was a game designer on the original yeah. Metroid. Yeah, and uh, he was the I believe the director on Super right. Metroid too. 
Yeah. Which, yeah, he was yeah. he was a director and scenario writer. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was his official yeah, you know. title on that. Yeah. But it just makes no right, sense. This, yeah. It doesn't make any sense because it was such a retread of fusion. Yeah. You right. know. Yeah. Fusion was on a ship that had different sections of the ship that were you know mimicked environments from SR388 and other M just basically retreaded that same ground instead of putting you on a planet to explore you were again on a spaceship that mimicked different areas and it was it was constantly at odds with itself because yeah. like like i was saying um the whole bit with her and ridley yeah is that's the best ridley fight in the series as far as i'm concerned that ridley battle is amazing and everything that team ninja did was pretty darn cool but yeah, there are a lot of good a things in that game, right? So Yeah, okay, there's yeah. a complete dichotomy in that scene, exactly. Because, yeah. so Samus completely loses her mind, terrified to the extent where she can't even concentrate enough to keep her spacesuit on uh, at the, the very sight of Ridley. Yeah. But then when you start fighting Ridley, and she's like jamming her gun in, her, in his <laughs> mouth and grabbing him by the tail and doing all kinds of other wacky stuff, like, the Samus that fights him is not the same Samus that's in the cutscene that precedes it. Right, There's, yeah. It's just a completely different take on the character, and th this game was so constantly at odds with itself. Yeah, and I know. I mean, you could also... Yeah. There's so many more layers to peel back on that. Right. Like, from the controls to the... Yeah. The weird... The, the yeah. baby. Yeah. The baby. <laughs> they spent that time... Yeah... Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, it doesn't make any. Yeah, it's like you know the game, the the game has the foundation to be good. The graphics, the graphics are good. Uh, the the bad of uh -huh. the bad, the battles like I said are very impressive. They got Jennifer. Yeah, I... yeah, they got Jennifer Hale, one of the best voice actresses. Period to come into voice Samus. You know the the present. Wait, the really? Value yeah, I feel like that's kind of a mistake. She's a very good voice actor, but I really don't see Jennifer Hale being Samus. I'm sorry. The the uh, performance was not great, and really? you could it, it was all it, and she got a lot of flack for it for being like super flat with her performance. But that was the direction. Yeah, that, yeah, you, not her fault. That's the script. Is, yeah, that's the script, and that was the direction she right. was supposed yeah. to act that way. Yeah, and it didn't need to be like that. It really no. didn't. All the oh god, just making her so petulant as a as a, as a, a young woman in the Federation and her creepy relationship with Adam and all the stuff with. The weird Ridley baby that was like this weird, cute little monster that turned into giant mutant Ridley, and the story was just anime nonsense. I know nothing <laughs> about this game, and you explaining it just makes it sound like a, I don't, I don't even know, like a mess. Yeah, it, it was. A, a, it, the yeah. story in this game is a freaking dumpster fire. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's the whole trailer, the, the first like big trailer for this game that was like completely floored me at E3. I'm like, oh my god, this game looks incredible. And there's this one scene where this dude like pulls up his helmet and is like, remember me? And I'm like, no, I don't. You've never been in a Metroid game before. Why <laughs> Why is this a centerpiece here? Uh, this is ridiculous. I wonder if it was one of those games that was like, oh, we should try to appeal to Western audiences. Do you think it's one of those games? Well, Because it seems no, like whenever, it... whenever, the, whenever uh, Japanese companies, it's not always the case, but whenever a game they're just like, oh, we should have tried to appeal to Western audiences. And it's like, wait, well, no, this game is just really weird and bad. Well, I was going to mention this uh, later on, but, you know, this is a good time to do it. Uh, the game sold, uh, sold, like, sold very well. Um, you know, they sold about 1.42 million copies worldwide. Um, but the sales of this game were much, much stronger in North America than they were in Japan. 
the Metro the Metro series has always been a series that a, a series is one of the two series has always sold much better in the West than Japan for, for like one reason or another. Um, just to um, just to just to test you like real quick, Chris, a trivia question: Do you know the other uh, franchise that's always so you know it's always done much better in the West? Other Nintendo franchise? No. Uh, uh, um, so I'll give you a hint. There's another. Uh, there's two big franchises that have always done much better in the West as opposed to Japan. Metroid's one of them, and the other one is also like a very well-known franchise. Uh, yeah, you, you got me stumped. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of yeah. anything off the top of my head. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, huh. Yeah, always done much better in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah that all, makes sense. Yeah, always done much better in the West. So, um, which is, you know, which is a big reason why Metroid Prime they decided to. You know, you know, they decided to give the um, you know, to let a company from Texas, like you know, like uh, um, you handle the development of it because it's like, well, the series, well, the series has always done much better in the U.S., so let's let a U.S. company do it. So, um, they did a pretty bang up job, and then they gave it back to a Japanese company, and we wound up with Other M. Yeah. <laughs> and so. you know, to be fair, we saw we saw touches of that in Metroid Fusion, where, you know, true, you go we did. from Samus we, we being the silent protagonist to Samus not shutting the heck up, <laughs> like. You go in an elevator and you're just like, oh, I talked to you know, Adam, Adam Malkovich. We had this weird relationship. And like now I have talked to this computer and he calls me lady like Adam does. And it bugs me. And blah, 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 blah. And it just kind of it really ruined a lot of the pacing. Like, I love Fusion. I do. I've played through it dozens of times. Yeah, but yeah it's I do too. got some problems. It you does. Know? It does have some problems. It, yeah. So It tries to kind of mimic that whole uh, the, the whole baby Metroid saving a thing with like the X parasite trying to take on the the weirdo Omega Metroid, like great yeah. pull pulling the Omega Metroid <laughs> from Metroid Two, but this yeah. like, I don't have an attachment to the X Parasites. Like I never have. They've been terrorizing me the whole game. I don't like these things. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, so the whole idea, like with that X, like chasing you around the ship, the whole game was very cool. I thought. Oh yeah, the yeah. SAX is way cooler than Dark Samus, and yeah. Dark Samus is pretty freaking. Wait, cool. what? So, Dark Samus. <laughs> That's a Metroid... Dark Samus is Metroid Prime. So Metroid Prime uh, is like this crazy, funky version of Metroid that you fight at the end of Prime. And after you beat it, it's like this whole Phazon thing. It decides to mimic your suit since you're, like, basically the apex predator at this point. Yeah. So the Metroid Prime for the remainder of the Prime trilogy is mimicking you as Dark Samus. But in uh, Metroid Fusion... I love the story of Fusion, where it's just like, hey, remember that time you went over to SR388 and committed genocide and killed an entire species? Well, their food source has now overrun the entire planet because you <laughs> screwed up the entire ecosystem, you moron. <laughs> so the X-Parasites are like, that's the whole premise behind this game, is that the X-Parasites, like, the Metroids were what kept them in, in check, and now that there's no Metroids, right. they're, like, screwing up a bunch of stuff. Right, and, but, it, um, yep. Yeah, no, it's the fact that, uh, yep, and they also like had the story because the big Metroid uh, who sacrificed uh, like his life for you, some of you know some of his DNA ended up like in your body. Uh, so scientists, mm. like, like scientists, are able to use that to create a serum to save Samus, like in the affection of the X parasites. So mm -hmm. you know, so and essentially turn you into part right. Metroid, which is yep. awesome. But the yep, X yep. parasites, the thing that they <clears throat> can do is they can mimic different life forms, and they they find your because. You know, she was infected with the X parasite when they went back to SR388, and they had to surgically remove her suit because her suit is this weird Chozo design that's like, you know, part of her body more or less. So the X parasite basically like mimicked her at her most powerful in Super Metroid and chases you around the entire uh, Metroid uh, fusion. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
and those scenes are so dreadful. Yes, like you get yeah, yeah. you just you because you get anywhere near that thing, it's gonna slaughter you. Because by the time you finish Super Metroid, you're basically a god. Like you've got the screw attack, you've got the 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 plasma beam with the ice effect. Like you are you are a murder machine by the end of Super Metroid. So having yeah. like not just like this you know mirror dark version of yourself, which is done to death in billions of games, including Metroid with Dark Samus. This was like not an evil dark version of you. This is a completely mindless predator that is mimicking you at your strongest. And that is terrifying. Yes. Um uh but yeah, uh, but yeah, also like speaking of chasing, you know, also speaking like you know, like you know, I was gonna mention this real quick here, like as an ending note. And um, you know, another game that had a very strong ending sequence, which I love, is Zero Mission. Uh, that whole new part they Ooh. put in the, uh, the, the whole the whole new part they put in the, the whole new part they added that they added in the game <laughs> is brilliant. It just I love it. It's like you know, like because <coughs> um, basically, like you know, to you know, to, because to, uh, because to make Metal Gear reference again, you're basically like you know, like Metal Gearing sneaking around trying to like save her ass, but because just like yeah, um, because I, I was laughing just because that whole sequence always makes me chuckle yeah, because right. it's just like all right. I beat Mother Brain. Time to relax. And she just takes off her spacesuit and just like, all right, now I'm just kind of chilling here. Let's fly away. Oh, no, more space pirates. And now, like, stranded stranded back on the planet. Yeah. No power suit. It's like, this is what you get for you're counting your chickens, Samus. This is why you don't take off the spacesuit until you are well ensured danger is behind you. Right. And all she has is that little tiny pea gun, which basically would just, like, stun an enemy for, like, a few seconds, and that's it. So it's like, you yeah. spend the... Spend the you know, like spend a good like twenty minutes or, or so, like sneaking around, trying to avoid being seen, hiding your ass. If you, you play, uh, uh, if you do get seen, uh, working your way through the the ruins and the ruins, like and finally when you and then finally like when you fight the, um, and then finally when you and finally like when you find that Chozo uh, or uh, uh, artifact and get your artifact and get your suit back, you're just like, uh, it makes you feel so good because you're just like, okay, guys, you know. You know, paybacks, <laughs> like paybacks, like paybacks a blank. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly how I feel when you get that power suit back. Like, what's up now, guys? Huh? And you it plays what a super missile tastes like because I got a couple of them for you right here. Yeah, and it plays that souped up, souped up version like the um uh, of the Brinstar the theme. theme. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love that whole end sequence. It's uh, yeah, it's like almost as good as the Super Metroid. It's like a really uh, 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 a great end sequence. This series, yeah, fantastic ending. Yeah, this series, this series has always had excellent gameplay. I mean, like you know, even like you know, even even again, like Other M, as bad as that bad, bad as that game is, there is some very good, solid gameplay in that game. But you know, yeah, so, I love the the whole melee attack aspect of it, and I like how they kind of brought that into right. um, so, Samus Returns. But yeah. man, those cool moves where you're like, you just get real up close to them and do this really crazy <laughs> over the top kills. Those right. are really cool. So, uh, so I thought. Uh, so, uh, like, so I found this was interesting. Uh, they actually have on here, uh, here, and I did not realize realize or realize this was the actual order. We uh, uh, we're all familiar with the well, I should say, most of us are familiar with the chronological order that this Metro series was released in. But they actually have a, um, the, uh, I mean, but they actually have a timeline uh, 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 order as well. Like, you know, what order the games actually all happened in, and this is like pretty interesting. Uh, do you? Do you have a guess as to what this may be, Chris? Because because there's some surprises here as far as the actual story, uh, story like chronology, uh, like list goes. All right, Prime, the Prime trilogy, I believe, takes place between uh, Metroid One and Metroid Two. 
Um, so it's Metroid, Metroid, well, Metroid slash Metroid Zero Mission. Then Prime, Prime 2, Prime 3. Two slash Samus Returns. Uh, Super Metroid. Then Other M. Then Fusion. I think you got it right. Yeah, because... Yes! <laughs> uh, Did I yeah. forget anything? I don't know where Federation Force takes place, and I don't uh, care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to worry about that, because, yeah, uh, yeah, because, yeah, because Zero Mission, uh, the Prime Games, uh, like, you know, Samus Returns, Super Metroid, Other M, and Fusion. I'm just like... I, I did not realize that we realized they stuck uh, uh, I realized that they stuck other, that they stuck other M between Super Metroid and Fusion because I'm going like what? But yeah, but yeah, okay. maybe it makes sense. It takes place right after Super oh, Metroid because she's having all the flashbacks to that. Yeah, but she's not in her Fusion suit yet because that's the thing that bugs me about Fusion. We haven't yeah. found out what happens after that. Like yeah, yeah, she's part Metroid now. That was a really <laughs> cool gameplay thing. I want to see where this goes, <laughs> and it <just> haven't. <laughs> Just to answer your question, the question they put Federation of Fours is happening after the, um, um, it was happening after like Prime Three Corruption, though. So. Neat. So. Oh, what? and Hunters. I forgot about Hunters. Too. Hunters, 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 Hunters fits between like one and two. Huh. All right. So interesting. Yeah, but. Hunters is a weird game. It, it is nice game, but you know, weird game. But yeah, so, nice. But. That's that's where I that's where I <laughs> that. that game was nice. There's not really a Metroid game neat. I hate. So I mean, I mean, like you know, same uh, here, right? I mean, it's like, one of those reasons that when when people ask me what my favorite game series is, it's really hard to it's really yeah. hard to answer because right. it's usually between this and Zelda for me. But right. you know, on one hand, there haven't been any bad <laughs> Metroid games, but there are definitely <clears throat> bad Zelda games. Oh yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> It's a it's it's a very weird toss up, you know. Like yeah. even the weird stuff, there's been fewer weirdo things with Metroid, just as there are fewer games overall than there were in Zelda. But like, you know, Metroid Prime Pinball is great. Oh yeah, know, yeah. Yep. Link's crossbow training is pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 a it, it is a weird situation, you know. There are no CDI Metroid games, so right. it's yeah. got that going Ooh, for thank it. Thank God. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Chris has yeah, Chris has suffered through those games like with charity in the past, and it's not fun. I somebody should have written so like awful. a one million dollar check for that then. They really should have. Uh, those games are. It's one of those experiences that I I, I, t I tell people like you don't know how bad they are until you actually hold the CDI controller right. in well, your hand and try to play them. Well, actually, actually, to be honest, the last game what was the last game. Uh, uh, the the. Uh, the third Breath of the Wild? No, uh, the, the, uh, the Zelda, the Zelda CDI games, the, the the third, the third and last one that they made. What was that? One? Zelda's Adventure. Yeah. I actually had a little bit of fun playing that. You're crazy. I hated that one more yeah, than the other. I'm gonna ones. say this right now. I hated You're that one more crazy. than the other You are absolutely you insane. You are out of mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that yes. game was that game was even worse trash than Faces of Evil and Wand of Gamelon. Yeah. You're well, just walking around with that stick. There's so much loading time between every single screen, and I didn't finish it because it is absurdly difficult. It, oh, mm, <laughs> I want I I would I want to barf all I over feel, that I feel I feel like Greg says like some controversial stuff on purpose sometimes. Well, <laughs> well, you know I, I well you know I just uh, that's just uh, I actually I actually I, I actually could stomach that game like I read the first two what? games so I don't know but the first two ones I got some sort of perverse pleasure out of because they're just <laughs> hilariously bad. 
It's like it's like comparing Street Fighter the movie to Street Fighter the Legend of Chun Li. Oh, like Street Fighter the movie is terrible, but it's like kind of endearingly so. You know, oh yeah, you, so you, yeah, yeah. You know, you you got Gomez Adams there being all like, Raul Julia was a freaking treasure in that movie. You know, but like oh, yeah, Legend yeah. of Chun Li is difficult to like. That movie makes me uncomfortable. Like it's. <laughs> It is gross, yeah. and that's how I feel about Zelda's adventure. Like the the other two are just like, wow, this is so bad, and the other <laughs> one is like, it's like watching Mystery Science Theater tackle Ma Manos the Hands of Fate. Just oh, like, God. there's so many points where it's like, what can I even say? Oh boy. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had something. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, had, I definitely had some, I definitely had some of the, some of the same reactions, uh, like some of the Resident Evil movies, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, so I. Probably, probably would be safe in saying that Metroid is your favorite game of the, uh, like the franchise. You are, you would be absolutely correct. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I actually would rank Zero Mission, uh, Zero Mission, uh, uh, a little bit above this, only because of the fact that it, 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 it's like an excellent remake, but Metroid is a very, very good game. You know, I definitely love it. Uh, I, uh, I love it a lot. So. Uh, Zero Mission never connected with me. I mean, I love Zero Mission, but I mean, I blew through that game in no time. Oh and, yeah, sure, unfortunately, uh, but yeah. That's I also mean. like yeah. the the physics in Super Metroid better. I like the floatier physics than the the more gravity intensive physics in uh, Fusion and Zero Mission. Yeah, and also, um, you know, the whole experience of you know, the the baby Metroid and all that stuff that it doesn't exist in in. Metroid Zero Mission. The True. Metroid Zero yeah. Mission, as great of a story as it tells and as fun as it does, it never hits those weird emotional points of just like using, of being an amazing example of right, yeah, of, of video game storytelling. Right. Yep. I don't yeah. know how accurate this still is because this list is like I wrote this list back in 2013, but I ranked Super Metroid as my number three favorite game of all time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Only yeah. behind Tetris and The Wind Waker. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'd rank the game like all time, but it definitely is a very, very like good game. Like you know, I definitely think it's excellent, excellent for excellent game for reasons, for reasons, for reasons that we were talking about. Um, you know, as far as I, um, as far as that all that goes. So, um, yeah, you know, we already mentioned you know the game, the game sold well, the game obviously, the game obviously reviewed very well. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, like you know, uh, you know, the on game rankings, on uh, game rankings uh, right now, like has the average, uh, you know, has an average score of the. Uh, uh, the average score is like ninety-seven percent. Uh, just to show you, just like it's almost perfect as far as the, uh, um, you know, as far as these, uh, um, you know, the scores go. The only, mm. the only, the only, the only complaint, the, the only, the only one knock people had, the people had in this game, looking at, you know, looking at, the, uh, I mean, looking at like reviews of this game, was that they felt the game came out a little bit too late. Uh, on, 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 like the system, but because by nineteen ninety-four, people are just starting to move on to other systems and whatnot. So. That's the to only... me, I just think that's bananas because yeah. you know we still didn't have. Like I said, this was the first game to use <clears throat> that only for Nintendo Slash. Right. So yeah. let's think about the other games that have that. You're talking like Donkey Kong Country, Illusion of Gaia, Super Punch Out. Like the Super Nintendo had so much life left in it at this point. Oh yeah, was... I agree with that definitely. So I mean, yeah, I but... I remember that that kind of talk back then. I remember listening to people talk about being ready to move on to to something else, and I remember thinking those people were absolutely insane because of how much the Super Nintendo still had to offer. And I mean, to an extent, the Genesis as well. Right. I was yeah, always yeah. more of a Nintendo yeah. kid, like far and away. 
And uh, when everyone was, you know, moving on to polygons and everything, I'm just sitting here thinking like, okay, but Super Metroid looks better than this. Donkey Kong Country looks better than this. Yoshi's Island looks better than this. <laughs> and um, it, it's, it was a necessary evil that the industry needed to go through that in order to master the art of polygons and make them look more like the Super Nintendo games that we were already enjoying. But right. uh, that's a podcast for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, like, you know, like, um, you know, uh, that's a factor that that's, that's a factor that I mentioned earlier, that one reason, one reason they say the game did the, the game did not sell as well in Japan, because Japanese gamers were more inclined to be ready to move on than the, the Western gamers were. So, you know, like, so uh, as that fact, by the fact that this game came out kind of bad timing in Japan, because, like, you know, there were several other popular Japanese games that came out, came out, came out like on the same time period, just a combination mm-hmm. of those, the combination of those two things is what Nintendo says the, the the reasons why the game did not sell as well like Japan. So, um but uh yeah, um I, I mean like uh, I mean like you know the game uh the you know the the system that the, the game may not the game, the game may not push the system towards absolute limits, but I um, you know, but it does make very very strong use of the hardware to you know do everything with you know the 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 the, the music, the music and the, the music and the graphics and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so um yeah. I'm not really, uh, yeah, I'm not really, you're not really sure, but uh, there are a ton of glitches of glitches and cheats in this game. Uh, you probably oh, already yeah. know most of these, Chris, but... Uh, I've seen them, I can't do them. A friend right. of mine, Rich, yeah. uh, actually started working on speedrunning this game and mastering those glitches. Oh yeah, right. That yeah. was really fun talking to him on a regular basis as he's learning right. how to do these things. Uh, the, yeah, the most you can break the heck out of this game. Uh, uh, oh yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, my favorite ones are probably the... My favorite ones are probably like the um, uh, uh, hyper beam charging, uh, like you know being able to get like super um, super hyper beam uh, uh, hyper beam shot like quicker and easier. So mm-hmm. uh, and there's also you mentioned before, Chris. Um, you know, like like if you like if you if you leave the game on, the demo the demo will show showing you some gameplay and showing you some tips and tricks which can, which can be very ha- how helpful later on in the game to showing you how how things operate. There are three demos that the game cycles through. If you actually, if you actually have a, if you actually have, if you actually have on the cart a save file of the game uh, that's complete, it it unlocks a fourth demo uh, scene for you uh, that shows you know that shows some hidden game mechanics. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, like the weird thing you can do with your plasma beam and make it shoot right. like a bunch of circles yeah. around you, and the the power bomb recharge thing that you can do. Like, there's just some really wild tricks that. I love that. The, I love that. That's where that stuff's hidden. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. So it was so genius. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, side note, I never could get the um, uh, the shine uh, the shine spark trick to work correctly for me. I tried it. Tried. Tried it. And I, and I never could do it in the game. You know, it's the not... thing where you you know run super fast, duck, and then shoot off in a direction. Yeah. 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 But geez, uh, did you ever did you master it in in zero mission? Because it was yes, like zero, zero mission. I, zero mission. I actually found it like easy to pull off in that game for some reason. Took I, that I, to the next level where you uh, had to chain shine sparks <laughs> together to get like some of those weird things. Like okay, yeah. now you got to run and you got to you got to quick go into morph ball and then you got a morph ball shine spark. Like that stuff was bananas. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I, I can't. Yeah, I can't explain it. To just like you know, I just just found it easy to do in, in zero mission for some reason. But you know, but uh, yeah, so. But uh, anyway, uh, so uh, George, uh, I know that you didn't really have an experience experience with this game uh, beforehand. Did you at least um, did you at least like it? Is it like it like is this game that you may come back to later on? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I, Fair enough. I did not like playing this. Okay. Do you like this type of game? No. Well, that is Yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Asking the right questions yeah. here to make me not look like a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, end of the day, it's like, if you don't like this kind of game, then, yeah, it's... Of course you're not oh, of course like not, Super no. Metroid. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, this game's... Uh, you know, a lot of yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of folks, a lot of folks consider this game to be one of the first like so-called uh, Metroidvania games. Uh, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that genre, but if you don't like the genre, then this game is. Not I also don't like you know. the name. Yeah. Well, I'm not crazy about it huh. either. Well, I mean, Toast Up comes up with a better name, so. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's just there. I, yeah. I have to deal with it, but uh, I don't have to like it. Right. <laughs> right. So this game uh, obviously got like re-released like numerous uh, like numerous times. It came out with uh, uh, um, you know there's a there's a player's choice edition that came out later on later on the system's life. Uh, it was uh, um, it was released on virtual console like both the Wii and the Wii U, and it was also included like on the uh, the uh, the Super NES um, uh, uh, mini console. So uh, numerous ways to play this game. 3DS virtual console. Yep. If you have a new 3DS, which I do. So, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so I was very curious, curious to see what. So, so like, so one thing we do on this uh, podcast is like eBay pricing. Like, you know, what can this game go for right now on eBay? So, and with how popular this game was, and how many copies of the copies of the game were out there, and how often, and how often the game has been released, you know, I, you know, I expected the prices to be cheaper than that they, they actually were. And the fact that the fact the game actually still says that the fact that the fact the game actually still sells for pretty decent prices, like proof, I guess, how popular the game is. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Like, uh, but here's the thing. But, but here's the thing. Also, I found that blew my mind. Uh, George, will, you know, George, will remember this. Um, we've uh, we've covered certain 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 rare games on this console before in the past. Things like you know, um, Donkey Kong uh, Country. Oh wait, you no. mean you mean <laughs> games that are hard to find? Oh yeah, like huh? 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 <laughs> yeah, like I do this all the time. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, games like you know, Earthbound and Wild Guns, right. that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, those games have reproductions available, like available, like available for them on eBay as well too, because because original carts are, are pretty original carts for those games are pretty hard, hard to find, uh, hard to find, and command a pretty expensive price. And some, people, and, some, and, some, and some folks just want to have physical physical copy of the game for cheap. So, you know, like you know, and and and, and, and I said before in the past that you know I'm of the impression that if the game is clearly marked being a reproduction. If it's clear, you know, if it clearly says it somewhere in the listing and also on the game pack itself, then I'm okay with the, the, the person selling it because, you know, like like I said, you know, if somebody wants to have a physical copy of the game for cheap, then the reproduction is a, a perfectly a perfectly fine way of doing it. So, um, I was not prepared to see reproductions reproductions out there for this game because it's like this game is so common. Why would you make repros? <laughs> Yeah, that's because people don't want to let go of it for any sort of reasonable reasonable price. Uh, Earthbound's not an uncommon game. Like that game was in bargain bins, and you know that game's out there. It's just that it commands a ridiculous price. So, (laughs) yeah, a lot of these kind of prices wind up getting inflated like to ridiculous degrees. I mean, Little Samson's always been an expensive game, right? But it's as expensive as it is right now because one dude has a lot of them. Oh, yeah, just hoards them until he can come until he can get the right price for it and that sets the bar and nobody's willing to let it go for less than that 
Right. Wait, yeah, does so. that mean that I can't really sell my uh, copy of Super Metroid that has like some kind of weird marker scribble on it? I swear it's rare. <laughs> it's like a special edition or something. $500, guys. It's a special black marker right, edition. Right, right. Well, it says Jimmy well, on the back. Like it's it's special <laughs> Jimmy edition. <laughs> See, if it said Justin Bailey on the back. Oh, man, I yeah. couldn't get that one. <laughs> So, and this is also surprising because normally, normally, normally reproductions, they're sold, they're sold for a much cheaper price than the regular game itself. Maybe, you know, like, you know, 30, 40, 50% off. Like, apparently, like, the, Wait, uh, the are you telling me a repro is expensive too? The repro of this game is pretty, it, it, um, it's not that, it's, it, it, it's cheap, but it's not that much cheaper than the game itself. So, Ooh. let's start talking prices. Reproductions, uh, I mean, you know, like, uh, as I said before, this game's common on eBay. 167 copies currently listed, 346 copies that recently sold. You know, no problem finding a copy. Reproductions, and these prices are all, uh, like, these are all these prices, like, for shipping, and, and these are all from North, and, um, and these are all from North American sellers. Um, you know, uh, reproductions were selling 15, uh, uh, 15, 15, 15, 19 dollars. So... Doesn't sound that bad. No. When you also realize, the, uh, but until uh, you find out that cart starts selling for twenty dollars, uh, cart starting for twenty dollars, twenty dollars to sixty-four dollars and fifty cents. I thought you were gonna say so, like repros were selling for like fifty plus. Be like, what? I mean, this no, this I, isn't too too bad yeah. to be honest. No, it's not bad. It's just surprising. Just surprising to see the repros are not really that much more expensive. It's like you know, it's like you pay. Just, just pay an extra four dollars. Four dollars to get you know actual cards. Yeah, but also but, it's one of those things where like I'm sure manufacturing costs and whatnot. Like you can't really mm. sell it for much less to make a profit. Yeah. So. But there must be a market out there for repros like they wouldn't exist. I guess. So it's I like, don't know. I, 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 yeah, it just it's very strange. It is strange. But, well, you know, that's yeah. it's it's a weird thing, but I don't know. So <laughs> I don't have anything of value to add to that conversation. <laughs> Uh, CIB copies. Now, now what's well, it like uh, to be uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm like this all the time on my other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as usual, CIB copies uh, 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 very wildly. They, they sold anywhere from sixty-two dollars to two hundred to two hundred to two hundred and fifty-six dollars uh, for a pristine copy of the copy of the game out there with uh, with like you know the Nintendo Power uh, insert to, uh, insert and everything else still with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was a sealed copy of the game that sold also too. Uh, original print run, not the you know not the uh, not the greatest hits one. Four four hundred six dollars choice. Yeah, this player's is not choice. PlayStation. <laughs> yep. So four hundred four and four and six dollars sealed copy that I went for. So wow, sealed a lot of nuts. Yeah, <laughs> sealed collectors. Yes, yeah, sealed collectors are a whole different market. Yeah, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that's all I can say about it. <laughs> well, it's still got nothing on Hagane. It's still up there. How's Arrow Fighters doing? Uh, probably, probably just as expensive. <laughs> Arrow Fighters. All right, let's see. Uh, CIB Arrow Fighters is fourteen seventy eight on average. Oof. Uh, and Hagane. Hagane dropped below it recently. Yeah, it's at thirteen forty nine. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, anyway. Fun fact: I have both. Oh, the song. <laughs> I can't bring myself to do it. I've thought about it because, like, especially Arrow Fighters, I really have no connection to that game. But man, I just can't bring myself. It's to It's like sell Bitcoin. It you gotta wait for it to be like really expensive, and then you sell it before it goes down again. As if I sell it, I'll never see it again. I so... had a recent experience where I dropped. I I traded somebody a um. 
uh, a copy of uh, Albert Odyssey for Saturn, okay. which is a game that I just I, I've had since you know, my Funko Land days, and I just don't care about it. But he was trying to make a complete Saturn set, and so he offered up a trade of that for Final Fight Guy. Ooh. Oh, see now Final Fight Guy, I've always wanted, and those yeah. games are like really similar in price. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll make that trade. So it's it's still like every time I look at my Saturn games, I have this weird twinge like. And that's one of the most ex- expensive Saturn games, and I used to have it. But now I have Final Fight Guy, so I just I just have to snap myself back out of it. But yeah, I will have to cover that game at some point because we have to cover like a Final Fight game, yeah. Right. But uh, but uh, uh, Air Fighters I've not played either. Is that actually like a decent game, or is it like trash? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, all yeah, right. It's 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 a it's a scrolling shooter, and it's a really good one too. Okay. All right. Cool. So I think that game has. A, I think the reason that game uh, skyrocketed in value was because there's this weird online movement called Nerd Fighters, and it's called Nerd Fighters because it's some internet dude who saw an arcade unit for Aero Fighters that said it looked it looked like it's it was called Nerd Fighters because of the font. Um. And so it just kind of like copies of the Super Nintendo game, which was the original Aero Fighters, was like. Oh, I gotta get this game, and it was actually scarce. Like that's one of those games that's you know expensive one because of some weird cultural thing, but also because it is legitimately scarce and also very good. So I could be wrong on that. I know there's something to deal with Aero Fighters and Nerd Fighters, and I'm just assuming that that's part of why the game took off in the uh, you know aftermarket because I don't remember this game being a big deal. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And then all of a sudden, it's like one of the most expensive Super Nintendo games, and I think that's right. why. But, but yeah, so yeah, so Super Metroid holds its value pretty well. I, I pretty well. I, I was surprised to see this game still getting these prices. Um, but uh, I think it's no. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's worth the price. Like twenty dollars for this game is like definitely worth it. But oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So it's like I was just surprised to see the, um, uh, uh, to see it with, you know, because. Like I said, the game's been released so many times uh, since then, so, but, uh, um, but, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, this was a very fun game to, uh, uh, a fun game to go back to, uh, um, you know, it's always like a fun romp, uh, uh, going through it, I think, so, uh, yeah, definitely excellent game, uh, maybe, definitely, you know, definitely one of the best games on the system, bar none, probably one of the best games Nintendo, uh, 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 Nintendo has made, but, you know, you know, uh, Chris and I had certainly gushed about this game like enough for a different podcast. And they, uh, George, all I can say is, you know, I understand why you don't like this game. You know, I'm sorry that you don't like the game, but I do appreciate like we're coming from. And like, you know, and so I do thank you for being willing to be dragged into this a uh, um, uh, this a uh, fun fest with us. Um, so. Thank you for tolerating <laughs> us gushing about like, this game. I feel like this is done on purpose sometimes. <laughs> No, like you know, we are gonna, you know, we are, we are, we are gonna have to cover some other big, uh, uh, some big popular games later on down the road that you're not probably gonna like, George. So, uh, like Mega Man X is coming eventually. So, whoopee! I, I, I love. I, I was just, just say that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. But I know he doesn't like it, so I'll, I'll just say it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just, just watch a watch a let's play. And listen to the soundtrack. You'll be good. <laughs> that way, you don't have to play it, and you can just listen to experience all the all the best nah, I gotta it, play the visuals it. and the other music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do. But, but I mean, have you played X before? Nope. Not to go on too much of a tangent. X does have some pretty different, pretty different feel from the NES Mega Man games. It's yeah, it it's does. Sharper, definitely. and it has a dash move, 
It, you're probably not. It's probably not going to change your mind on Mega Man overall, but I do think that I've personally found X to be a more playable game. If I'm th just really stripping it down, like I find that to be more playable than like the NES uh, Mega Man game. So I don't know. You might like it, okay? You might not hate it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do remember George having a couple kind of thoughts to say. Uh, I I do remember George having a couple of kind of things to say about Mega Man X. I would cover that in PlayStation Power. So I mean, so. But uh, yeah, possibly. You mean hopefully. Mega Man Eight? I said that. No, you said X. You said X. Oh, I did. Okay, I, I was trying to say eight. <laughs> yeah, same thing, right? But no, <laughs> Mega Man Eight. De yeah, yeah, definitely not. But Rocker, uh... why were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mega Man Eight. So, All so, right. so this is a good segue to talk about the podcast, the, the podcast, everything else that we do. Um, uh, George and I also do the PlayStation, the PlayStation Power Podcast together. We cover PSP, PS One, and PS Two games. Um, so. Uh, and George also does some additional podcasts on his own. George, which podcasts are those? Uh, SNES Podcast. Yes, of course. That's the only other one I do. Never heard of it. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, have you ever heard of the Super Nintendo Entertainment System? <laughs> ringing a bell. Okay, so, have you ever heard of the Nintendo 64? Uh, no. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, the Ultra 64. <laughs> Wait, am I in one of those, like, is it like the Mandela effect? Like, am I in a different dimension now? You're in an alternate reality. <laughs> where it was the Ultra was 64. No... <laughs> and, the, and the Wii was uh, the Nintendo Revolution or whatever. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Good times. Oh, that's funny. Uh, uh, oh, so, uh, oh, so you're taking a... So, are you taking a hi uh, hiatus like for the podcast? Like I don't know what's going on, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. I, I did not know that, so sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> uh, Chris, what about you? Like, what podcast stuff do you do? Uh, well, I'm ridiculously busy. Uh, I'm the host of the Stone Age Gamer podcast with my co-host Dan Ryan. Uh, it's a retro video game pod. Well, it's just a video game podcast told from the perspective of retro gamers. Uh, I am on a television show podcast called This Week's Episode with my wife and my other friend Evan, and we talk about different TV shows every week. Uh, and I'm also the host of the Waveback Music Podcast, which is a show that is dedicated entirely to video game music and my nerding out about uh, said things. <laughs> I am a regular contributor to Nintendo Force Magazine, um, which if you were a fan of Nintendo Power, there is a physical Nintendo Magazine that is a spiritual successor to Nintendo Power for, with, uh, featuring writers from IGN, Destructoid, uh, uh, Go Nintendo, all over the internet, really fine, fine work, and for some reason they let me write I for them. I did not know uh, that. Which is, <laughs> this is an interesting is a, Oh, it, it is a magnificent magazine. It's it's written, uh, the, the editor-in-chief is Lucas Thomas, uh, <clears> and he does, he does amazing work. It comes with posters, just like Nintendo Power did. Uh, and in the upcoming issue, I got to write a whole thing about the history of the Virtual Boy. Oh, boy. Uh, because of the whole Labo VR <laughs> thing. And I'm a big Virtual Boy fan, and uh, so it was a lot of fun to write about. Uh, and um, I've done a bunch of articles for that. Uh, I, I think you mean the uh, VR32? <laughs> the v yes, the VR32, <laughs> as, as it was right. known. Oh, good times. Um, and uh, I also uh, write uh, the StoneAgeGamer.com's uh, official blog and uh, run a lot of their social media. But right. I, I, again, they let me write pretty much whatever I want about <laughs> video games on a weekly basis. So I read about all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm busy. 
Yep. Yep, and I will say definitely that all those podcasts and all those shows and stuff are excellent. Like the quality of all the stuff is like very, very good. So, right, oh, so thank you, thank you very I much. I just dare, dare I not even mention. I am editor in chief of geekade.com. That's where <laughs> this stuff, most of this stuff, can be found. It's yeah, a, it's a geek uh, website. Yep, check it out, geekade.com. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's, you know, excellent stuff. Like, you know, I'm just terrible giving feedback. Like, uh, feedback like, about things because it's like I because, because my problem is I listen to most of the stuff at work and I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. I should comment on that. Then by the time I get home, I'm like, what was it that? But so, well, that's not so, bad. That's so, I mean, I listen to a podcast <laughs> and I just sit here at home and it's like. Oh, I should say something. <laughs> and then at the end of the podcast, no. it's like, what was I going to do something? It's like one of those things where like you're playing uh... The Sims and it's like, all right, let's go eat food. And then you delete the thing and it's like, wait, was, why am I standing in the kitchen? What's going on? What was I, what was I supposed <laughs> to be doing? So like, if I have any kind of like, you know, any kind of like uh, uh, pull or, or pull or like, make a suggestion, a suggestion like whatnot for... Uh, like for, like for, you know, like wave back. Super Castlevania 4, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I think that's, uh, th that's coming soon. So what we yeah. do with Castlevania is, um, uh, we do a Castlevania game on every, uh, uh, Halloween. Ah, Ooh, and yep, okay. we're running through chronologically. We're not too far off from Super Castlevania 4, but this year is going to be, um, uh, Castlevania The Adventure. For oh. oh, so wait till you get <laughs> to the, uh, N64 <clears throat> ones. <laughs> yeah, we're probably not going to do those. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably move on to Ghosts and Goblins by that point. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, not great music in those games. But as much as Castlevania The Adventure is kind of a crappy game, its soundtrack is awesome. Yeah. Great music in that game. Yeah, I will agree the soundtrack is very good. The Game Boy, the Game Boy really could do some amazing, like some amazing uh, music. Like it was like programmed, like programmed, uh, um, uh, programmed well, though. But, it, you know. it really, really was capable of some great yeah. stuff. Yeah, and you know. I was just poking through our schedule and right now theoretically if everything goes according to plan super metroid is actually on the schedule for december of this cool year. all right yeah 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 because like my favorite soundtrack for the super nintendo bar none is super castlevania 4 i love that soundtrack so much that, oh it's that, amazing yeah it's so good yeah it's like you know how konami did all that on that set <laughs> uh, 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 uh the soundtrack is just like uh, you know you know you know that's not a you know, on the sound chip is just like uh, amazing, but especially that early in the system's life. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very early game too. So, though I will say that the next game we're doing on Wave Back is one, another one of my absolute all-time favorites, and that's UN Squadron. Hey, UN Squadron. Yeah, yeah. George is a huge lover of UN Squadron. So, oh, it's one of my favorite games, and that soundtrack is out of this oh, freaking world. I can't wait to do that one. So good. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, excellent soundtrack. So yeah, just like uh, just like uh, just keep just uh, keep up that excellent work, uh, Chris. Um, you know, so uh, thank uh, you very much for the kind words. Yep, yeah. uh, we have a Patreon that helps to uh, that helps offset some of the costs of costs of running this podcast on a monthly basis. Uh, you can find us at www.patreon.com forward slash the SNES podcast. Um, it, uh, uh, for zero for uh, for zero a month, you can get perks such as like early access to episodes um, being mentioned. Be mentioned, uh, be mentioned like the end of every episode, like Chad, Daniel, uh, Richard, and Sven, who are currently backing us, um, or being able, to, or, uh, like we're being able to dictate a game. So you know, you can you can make me or George play a game we absolutely hate. So um, you that's know, by all means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the actual URL is patreoncom podcast. 
And ah, sorry. Yep, and it's uh, P A T R E O N. If anyone's uh, wondering. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I'm curious. I believe it was this show when I was on for your hundredth episode spectacular that I brought up Tin Star. Yes. Did you guys ever wind up no. playing that one? No, we haven't. We'll have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I added a short list. Uh, we'll get to it like in a you know a few episodes. Everyone should try Tin Star. It's <laughs> wild. Just yeah. make sure you play it with the mouse. Oh, okay. okay. That's easy to right. emulate. I mean, what? I totally don't emulate um, games for this podcast. What are you talking about? Uh, um, so, um, yep, so if you want to give us feedback, uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, you can also send me an email directly if you want to at the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Um, George, where can they uh, like leave you feedback at? Uh, well, I guess you could do the Twitter thing if you're interested. Um, I changed it recently, so old information is, is old and bad, and you should never listen to it. Um, <laughs> good advice, good life advice, right? Um, anyway, uh, my new Twitter handle would be uh, at underscore derpkin underscore, so that would be at underscore D-E-R-P-K-I-T-T-E-N underscore. Uh, I had to change it because of reasons that are tied to streaming, question mark? Okay. It's a question. It's a question for you. You should answer it on your own time. Uh, anyway. How mysterious. Yeah. All right. But yeah. So, so awesome. Um. So, uh, finally, next time, uh, next time on the podcast, uh, we are covering a Patreon suggestion, not a pick per se, just like you know, a game that somebody on there suggested. Um. And it was a game. And you know. And you know, it was a game. It, you know, it was a game I was curious to curious to play. So, Curious to play, so we were going to get to it eventually. Tin Star. Whoa, that's weird. No, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, um, no, not yet. But yo, but but yo, thanks for reminder, Chris. Like, I'm um, you know, I uh, I will I I will I will I will add to the list, and we'll get to that one eventually. But uh, uh, no, next episode, next episode, we're covering Kirby's Dream Course. Oh, what a great game! <laughs> yeah, I do like mini golf a lot, so um, it's a very so it's been a very fun game so we, far. We played it already, uh, and there was yep. one course that took us like twenty shots again to the hole. <laughs> please, please play the multiplayer. We mode. did already. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so, so. That is multiplayer. Kirby's Dream Course is where that game shines. Oh, it, it included yeah, very... a lot of me cursing at Greg. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly very... where it shines. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a very Mario weird, Party. Uh, eat your weird, heart out. Yeah, it's a very weird, <laughs> like weird, like weird half competition, half cooperative yeah, uh, game. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. So, but, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. So, up. Uh, so, uh, the only, the only, the only, the only mini golf game on the console, as far as I know. So um, that can't but, be uh, true. Uh, well, mini golf, mini golf's more popular on computers. So, like you know, um, you know, if you look at that format, there's a lot more mini golf games out there and whatnot but uh you know the the, the only the, the only other uh, 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 console mini golf game i'm aware of is the 2600 uh uh like mini golf oh. game well it, it's okay well, actually hey. like for what it is so yes. <laughs> but um but anyway so chris thank you again very much for being on this episode and, and for sharing us uh your vast enormous metroid knowledge we very much appreciate it well, thank you very much for uh, for having me and letting me, uh, you know, go nuts. 
uh, yeah. Uh, we will have you back at some point in the future, I'm sure, uh, you know, to geek out like another game. Because I'm sure you have other like great games that you love that we've not covered yet. Ten so. star. Right. There's there, there's a great <laughs> many. I believe just just to throw that out there, I believe there is a, uh, a Japanese Super NES mini golf game. Okay. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. I was thinking about yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was thinking only about the Western market. I wasn't thinking about you know Japanese stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That makes out sense. Out of bounds or something. But, but yeah, good times. Right. So, all right. So, uh, thank you again uh, for taking the time to be here with us. Um, for, of course. Uh, but uh, and uh, George, uh, thank you always for uh, joining me yep. and for and for stomaching the the game. So I had to take tums after playing this game. No, that's not true. No. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like you know, I think you know, final thoughts, and you know, like Chris, you know, I think I already know what you're gonna say about this. So, um, but yeah. Uh, Super Metroid, I think, still holds up very, very well today. I mean, like, you know, there are some, you know, there are some, there are some creature comforts I wish this game did have that I'm used to modern games. But as far as the, as far as, by, but playing this game now in 2019, I'm still very pleasantly surprised, like, how the game plays. It, 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 um, it still, it, it still feels, looks, and handles very well today, I think. So it's still a very fun game to go back to. I agree. Um, I think Super Metroid is, uh, it's just about as close to video game royalty as, as you get. It's right up there with Super Mario World and Link to the Past. Yes. Uh, it is a it is a flippin' masterpiece. I do agree that it is a, a very easy to go back to, and if they eventually do decide to give this the remake treatment like they've done to Metroid 1 and 2, they'd better be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> right, definitely. So, All right, uh, thank you again very much for uh, taking the time to listen to us, uh, and we'll see you again soon. Uh, take care, everybody. Bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.